Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. From here on out, I will no longer be announcing the show numbers because I'm tired of having to go to YouTube and look up which episode it is every time. Because so this Travis is this week's can't episode. Count of higher than, Travis can't count higher than. Oh, you don't know what. Now you have to do the same thing I always have to do. Oh, shit. It's not on your front page. Travis can't count any higher than 212. That's also, true. Also, the previous Hotline League, someone's face is in front of the 200, so it just looks like Hotline League number 12. Yeah. Well, whatever. That's a bit of a troll by your thumbnail artist. <laughs> no, no, no. They're all like that. I mean, we peop, nobody really cares about the numbers anymore on the No, thumbnail, no. So. No one ever cared, but it but is particularly... Just, yeah. Oh, Speaker was on for episode number six. Uh... <laughs> yeah, who cares? It's fine. Uh, but welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, so this episode is sponsored by Alienware, Grubhub, and Full Sail, which means, Mark, I forgot to tell you, but we'll have to take three breaks in this episode. But that's fine, because the Full Sail one is going to be uh, kind of a unique ad. Anyway, Mark, don't make faces about our sponsors, please. Uh, how was your week, Mark? Uh, it's good. It's My been good. It's going to keep being great. Everything's great. Life is perfect. Really? Um, that makes it sound like you're not happy. No. Well, I am. I just don't have anything to say. You saw uh, Batman. You didn't like it. I saw Batman. I did not like it. I just didn't love it. Everything I had seen had been pretty universal. Well, at least like from Twitter people have been pretty universal of appreciation of it. And I watched it. And it's like a very well-crafted movie. But I just... Uh, would say I was a little bored during it at parts. And not I actually love it because paced. Twilight. I actually like. I've been watching some Twilight movies. I like Edward Cullen as Batman. He was good. It wasn't his fault. Um, but I'm saying. I'm saying. Movies. Did Ashley like it because of Twilight? I assume she liked it more. No, than no. She 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 had the exact same opinion as me. Like she was the one who learned leaned over first in the movie theater and went, "I'm bored." <laughs> okay. Um, and it's not because we don't like slow movies, but like the plot is very linear. You can see everything coming from a mile away. Um, there's really not much like complexity of theme or plot or character. Like everything is just like laser focused, which is fine, but it's a three hour movie. Oh, it's three <laughs> hours. So it's three hours. So like Jeez. the problem is not that like you can't have these things, but like you, you got to give us a little more. It, it just felt like there were some scenes where it's like, you could have just cut that dude. Like they, they, it's felt like they, they like, especially at the end, there were just like random scenes where it's like, this looked like it was supposed to be the climactic thing. They're like, no, 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 put in another scene, put in another shot. That will be the climactic moment of the movie. And then they like put in another one like that. That's going to be the climactic one. And I, they did like three or four times in a row. And I was like, did they just not know which one to pick? You know, every growing up, I loved DC superhero stuff like way more than Marvel. Like I didn't Marvel, give a shit yeah. about Same. Iron Man. And I loved Batman. And uh, I, man, like I just don't even—I don't even want to go see DC superhero movies anymore, and I haven't seen most of them because Whoa. I just feel like they're so—they struggle so much to put anything out there that's like halfway decent. I like Wonder Woman. No, it is good. To be clear, I said like it is a very well-crafted movie. On like, on the day of production and post, maybe maybe editing, you could argue they they should have just trimmed it down a little bit more. But like the the script could just not support the runtime. There just wasn't enough beef in there. Um. Well, I was going to so, see it, but after Mark's negative review of the show, I feel no, like... No, it's 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 good. I would say don't see it in theaters if you're not, like, into... like. Just yeah, yeah, I'll probably Batman watch fan. it sometime just when... But, it, yeah, throw it on and, like, play Genshin on your phone when you get bored during the movie because yeah. they're, 
they're going over things that are well established within Batman lore, you know? Yeah. I assume his parents died. Anyway. Uh... No, they, they even skipped the obvious ones, but you know, it's like, you know how there's like a couple mobster names that are just like the mobster names for yeah. Batman? Falcone and Maroni and all those. Yeah. And they're like, do you think maybe the evil mob people's names are behind the bad things? And it's like, yeah, I do. It was, it was, it was some of that, like, we're going to, it's going to be a noir mystery, but like anyone with a brain. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so I, people who watched my stream last night will hear about this, but for the, or we'll already know about this or at least the first half, but uh, I was unable to cover LCS this weekend. Uh, so yesterday I went to the studio and for those that don't know, you have to get rapid tested every day you go to the studio. And I po had a positive rapid test and I'm like, wow, I feel completely fine. Uh, this feels weird. So I went home and took a um, rapid test at home and that was negative. And I scheduled a PCR test and took it yesterday and I just got the results a couple hours ago, and that is negative. So I unfortunately don't have any LCS interviews for you guys on the channel this week. I post, posted an Aphromoo one that slipped a couple weeks ago. Um, but we'll try to get some other stuff up. But the other thing, Mark, let's just have this conversation right now at the start of the show. Let's just fucking shotgun these beers right now. I mean, I'm wait, are you drinking a beer too? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm drinking water. You're drinking a beer? Yeah, you want to go get a beer while I tell the story? Can you run a beer over? Can you send Kobe over with a beer? Uh, I don't think he wants to do that, actually. I don't have a beer, so no. I guess he, we're out of he, options. He was drinking a little bit last night, so I don't think he's... Man, you don't have any... Okay, anyway, whatever. I have a lot of hard alcohol. So, what I've been informed is, uh, even though, in my sense, this is a clear false positive, I cannot cover LCS this weekend because of county rules that like they have to treat it as a positive. So I have to find somebody to see if they can cover the last weekend of LCS for me, which feels, by the way, so fucking painful because it's week eight, it's super weak, it's all this stuff. So Mark, are you doing all three days of LCS this weekend? Let me check the talent assignment. I think I'm doing two of them. Okay. Well, I know you, <laughs> Ashley has Friday off, right? So like, you can't, oh, oh no, wait, she has Thursday off and so. Friday's now. She's okay, so Thursdays you can't, if, if you're working, you probably don't want to do it Friday. I, I'll, well, I. Go ahead. I think I'm working Friday. Week okay. eight is it? Yeah. So you, if, because I think it'd be kind of fun. I tried to also hit up Ovley. So if you're, by the way, listen, if anybody's listening to this right now, you're watching live and you would like Ovley to do one of the days, can you please go tweet at Ovley and say that you would really like to see her do an interview or do some interviews at LCS this weekend? Because I'm down to have her do some interviews for the channel. And I actually thought it'd be really fun if Mark did one day and Ovley did the other and like the channel is just Mark and Ovley interviews for the week, but yeah. Well, the good news is Saturday is my off day. Oh, you wanted, you wanted to have it not be your off day? Um, mm, well. I'm just letting the, the silence sit. Well, I, I can't really answer that. I'll tell you some other time. Okay. I'll tell you when you're older. So we're not sure if you can do it. What can you give we're me the sure. odds? 50-50, either it happens or it doesn't. Okay, great. 
I mean, I'm just, I can make, I could probably make it happen. If you're worried about any riot bureaucracy, I can probably make it no, happen. No, no, it's, it's less about that. Okay. I, I'll go 90 10, I can do it. Okay, okay. Well, stay tuned next week, everyone, for interviews with Mark Zimmerman from week eight of the LCS. Uh, I mean, the thing that sucks about this, too, is like, I really wish I could do it. You know, the, the best time to do it this weekend is um, after on Sunday evening when all the games are getting decided and we know like the tiebreakers are done or whatever, what are the chances we will have tiebreakers? I think kind of high. I yeah, haven't really get double lift to do it as if I can like that. You guys are, I, it's a pain in the ass to even get him on the show. And when he's on the show, he's playing a video game at the same time. I'm not going to be able to get him to do that. Sorry. You said um, pretty high. I think pretty high. There's a lot of teams tied right now. Um, I think there's a decent chance we get one. Okay. I haven't looked into the foldy sheet though. It's just a vibe. I'm just vibing some. You're just vi you're vibing. I'm, I'm I'm vibing a tiebreaker. Okay. Okay. Well, as long as uh, there's not a ton of tiebreakers, because I know in the yeah. past we've had that. No, 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 it's not gonna be one of those like five tiebreaker days. I think it'll yeah. be like one or two. Um. Okay. So one other thing I forgot to announce: our Genshin YouTube channel now is putting on other content. We can get a. a I have a video of me trying to. It's the infamous Zhongli incident is up there right now. You, your video of accidentally getting C3 Yaimiko will be up there next. Nice. Yeah, people go watch our Genshin stuff. Okay, so let's talk about this week in League of Legends before we get to some calls. And by the way, uh, we did try to get a guest this week. Hit up a couple people. Folks were, were mostly busy. Raz did not respond to my Discord DM, so if he shows up in the Twitch chat and tries to act like he he doesn't know what's up you guys immediately let him know I, I asked i asked jat like a week or two ago if he wanted to do show for show like i'll go on jlxp he'll come on here and he, uh he's he said go fuck yourself really that sounds yeah. about right I, that sounds, sounds like something jat would say right yeah. yes not that monday's his off day he just said go fuck yourself and that was it well guess what anytime sunday nights are your off day uh so you're not going on his show we're yeah, picking uh, a, a, a trade embargo on his show everyone should tweet it everyone should tweet at jet and be like why aren't you on hotline League we right really now? are militarizing the audience today it's like go tweet at ovly raz shows up fucking get angry at him uh go tweet at jet listen folks yeah. you have a lot of work you gotta do this week uh Mark we're gonna radicalize our our twist chat <laughs> <laughs> you know what the problem with society is let me let's put it this way mark our Twitch chat, one of the least radicalized content creator Twitch chats, if you think about it. Yeah. You think about the the, the folks who watch some of the other content of the space and some of the other content creators. I think those that, those audiences are actually pretty intense. I don't even Ours. think our audience really likes us. You know, like some some Twitch streamers, their audience like views the streamer as yeah. Jesus, you know, and they won't contradict them ever. I mean, LS's thing is right. literally the church, right? Like, and he's the... Putting on the sermons. I, I'm pretty sure our stuff is... Ours is pretty think, chill. The yeah. most we've radicalized is like people that are like, hey, I started reading Brandon Sanderson or playing Genshin Impact. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so this week what happened? So we have the TSM drama. A lot drama. of things happened. The TSM drama. I don't even know if we can get calls in on that because what is there to say? I mean, I guess if people want to call in, but... Maybe we can talk about it for, for a second now. Were you the one who asked me if I could, like, because... Yes, in your yeah, Twitch in chat. 
Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess for those that haven't been paying attention, you can go look at. There's a Dexerto article, and and Peter also covered it, or Peter Ping covered it on his stream. But Peter Zhang, a long, long-standing coach in the LCS, has been, uh, well, and I guess also Academy. He's been Academy mostly for TSM recently. Allegedly, uh, was running a a thing, <laughs> I guess where he would bring in players. He would basically act as the agent for players that were going to TSM. I've only heard Sword Art's name around this, but supposedly it's broader. Well, he was, he was also saying that Yerson, he confirmed in, to Richard Lewis in the Dextera article that Yerson's money, a portion of it was going through him, but that was so that he could send it to the actual agent or something. Yeah, it sounded yeah. very suspicious. And then also... Uh, he asked for he asked for loans in the low five figures uh, from players to help. He approached them and said that he needed money for his grandmother who has cancer. Which, by the way, if his I I know that it's like kind of a meme of like this this feels like an email scam or something like so you know my family member has cancer please help me or something like that. But if his family member does have cancer, like I feel very bad. I hope that. You know, I don't want to make any jokes about that stuff. Like, that's really shitty if that's the case. But supposedly was hitting up folks uh, for money, for loans. And then I guess it came out that he also had sold Sword Art's car for him, had not paid back Sword Art, had used the money supposedly for Sword Art's, uh, for, for, from the Sword Art car for the, the grandma cancer payments, and then was taking the loans to try to pay back Sword Art, I believe is the deal. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, oh, somebody's saying 200k. Um, yeah. Anyway, people can go look at the the article about it, or also the double lift stuff, uh, for for more details. But Mark, what I'll just ask you, you've you worked with Peter Zhang, like he was your your coach at one point in time. Yes. So what's this uh, What's this experience been like for you? I mean, I haven't really talked seriously with Peter in, in years. I mean, I see him around the LCS, say, what's up, dude? That kind of stuff. Um, when we worked together, it was a weird relationship. Where, like, he got brought in to be the head coach, but he also was, well, you know, had a stronger view on how he wanted the game to be played, was not good with, like, systems or, like, stuff like that, like, properly structuring meetings and VOD review and... I was the one who handled all the analysts. So like, funnily enough, the way that our relationship would actually be classified nowadays would Peter would have been strategic coach and I would have been head coach, but we had it flopped back then because it was season five and people were just making up titles, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he had more authority on how the team would play, but like I ran most of the team it, or like, the, you know, the, the broader part of the team. And both of us were there doing the VOD reviews and stuff. So like I was also contributing on that, but like, uh, you know, drafting stuff would say that it, he had a bigger influence on like that and what we were going to practice that week and stuff, but I would help. Um, so that was our relationship. I'm surprised a little bit. I mean, Peter, I, I wouldn't say we were super close, but I worked with him and I think he has done some dumb stuff in the past. And I would have thought that he had done something just dumb, not arguably malicious. And, you know, yeah, maybe like you're saying that the cancer thing's true, but I am not I mean, surprised. I don't know if it's that, like, true or not, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's true either. I'm just saying, like, I, I was a little surprised to hear it was something that could be seen as so malicious as exploiting young people for money and financial gain. 
Um, but I mean, who knows? I, I, I'm not going to say one way or the other. Um, but he, he, he has always been prone to get into hot water a little bit um, just by not thinking through the implications of what he's doing. <laughs> that, so, that was not uncommon at all during our time on Team Liquid together, where I would have to kind of clean up a mess or two <laughs> that we ended well, so, up in. This is what uh, I wanted to, to also was, bring up, is that oh. there's been some folks, I think, like <laughs> I was talking to somebody kind of associated with, with TSM, loosely associated with TSM, about this, and I think that I've seen some speculation from the community who have tried to take this and been like, oh, this is why TSM is such a shit show right now, or like, wow, like he forced TSM to take Shen Yi and KI Duo, even though they shouldn't have, or like tricked. The, the takeaway from the folks I've talked to is like, Peter Zhang is not enough of a like evil mastermind to like, <laughs> to, to be, you know, doing that type of stuff. Like even in, in my understanding, the way that he went about trying to get the money from the players was pretty obvious and was part of the reason it was caught so quickly was because it was not very, well, uh, well, <laughs> but Mark's Mark's sort of description of he would oftentimes do get himself in hot water because he'd do something kind of goofy. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not trying to like undermine the seriousness of the stuff he was doing, but I just don't buy the idea of like, well, now we'll just scapegoat Peter Zang or like he was actually, he's the, he's been the, the force behind the scenes. Because the, the dark cloud of Peter Zang. Yes, exactly. Him. Exactly. So, um, I, that's the only thing I kind of wanted to get out there was like anybody who's trying to kind of copium themselves by saying like, Oh, th now now that this malicious actor who's been inside like burying down TSM with his corruption um, is gone, things are going to be great. Uh, I would say it's a little. I would I would not put that much. Uh, it's maybe a little bit of a overvalue on on Peter Zhang's capabilities. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I mean, you know how influential he is in terms of who comes through the door. I think you could argue that he had some some control over that, like as someone who was helping head up the LPL bootcamp, helping sign your son and some of the academy players as like the head of player development. I think he definitely had a, a hand in those, but I don't think he was like mind controlling Parth into building this this roster. You know, it was like, Parth was a big part of that as I understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the biggest thing that ever happened with the TL thing was like, it's, it's long enough ago, ago now that doesn't really matter. It was like when we benched Piglet, you know, like we tried to handle it very professionally and we like, we did that video. It was like the first time that like one of the uh, docu-series, I think really popped with Rebirth. Um, like there was the TSM one that was pretty popular, but like this was the one where it's like the behind the scenes look of what's going on with Team Liquid. And then like when all that came out, someone like, flame the shit out of piglet on twitter and and peter zang retweeted it and i was like no you can't retweet someone flaming your own player dude but piglet had already seen it uh and so like even though i got peter to unretweet it it was like you know five or ten minutes before that sh like i saw it on my timeline and i was like no you know and it was just too late and then like from then there was beef between peter and and the koreans piglet and, and phoenix um and that was just like Oh, dude, come on. You're just not thinking. And so that's what I mean. Like, you know, sometimes you just get just not doing smart stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a funny, funny time.
looking back on it now. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I don't, I mean, Mark, do you think there's anything to take a call in about about that stuff? I mean, I guess if so, if there's a take that convinces you, but I'm just sort of like, it's I'll hard to imagine. Eye. I'm not trying to avoid the topic. I just don't know what the call would be about, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's why, like, we kind of talked about it already in as much depth as I can. You know, I've, yeah. I've given you as much insight as I can as someone who's worked with him years ago, you know. Um, I'll look for one, but if uh, it's it's hard to imagine uh, yeah. finding one. Okay, uh, so there's that. Uh, TSM went 2-0 this weekend. As I was just saying, the corruption of Peter Zhang has left the organization, and now... They are playoff bound. Yes, exactly. Mark on his show today, or on, while he was recording Blame Game, was saying TSM unequivocally eliminated from playoffs, even though apparently there's a chance that they can still do it. They're eliminated from playoffs because the chance is not going to happen. But technically, there is one like foldy sheet thing that gets them in there, and it's a three-way tie between, I believe it's them, Dig, and Golden Guardians. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's that one. And the thing that's nice about that is Dig um, has C9, TL, and Hunter Thieves. So that's pretty likely they go 0-3. Uh, um, the Golden Guardians one is a little less likely. Golden Guardians needs to lose to Immortals. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not impossible. Yeah. So... Uh Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, TSM have an outside chance. Uh, they're looking better. I'll give them that. We also had uh, 100 Thieves on a five-game... What? 100 T, right? 100 Thieves? Yeah, 100 Thieves on a five-game win streak. C9 and TL both dropped games this weekend yes. against teams they probably shouldn't have. Like, it was a pretty... Like, everything got kind of turned upside down this weekend, it felt like. Well, okay, so I was going to... Well, there was two things I was going to ask you about at the start of the show. And I'm trying to remember. But one of them was... Somebody on the on my stream last night came up came to me, and in a chat asked like, "Hey Travis, are you feeling good heading into playoffs, or how are you feeling about North America?" My take was, I think you kind of want, like the top five or the top four to be looking like they're just consistently stomping everyone and they're really good, going into playoffs. <laughs> and so like the fact that everything's getting like super messy here at the end does not. May feel like it sends good messages like about the strength of the league overall right now because I like ideally you want to just be like wow Team Liquid, Cloud9, 100T and like I don't know EG or FlyQuest or somebody like these guys only take games off of each other and then like they, they everybody else like loses to them but the fact that everything's so wonky going into the final week I feel like is it's not perhaps the most convincing sentiment around the strength of our teams. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of, I see where you're coming from. I mean, dropping random games isn't the end of the world. Um, but I think for TL, it's a bit of a continuation of this like up and down thing they've, they've been on a little bit. So, yeah. Well, and, and at Cloud9 lost to TSM, Mark. Yeah. Talk about up yes, and down. Yes, they did. But Cloud9 but TSM's, and TSM's TSM. a playoff team now, so it's okay. Okay, okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. Sorry. Good point. Good um, point. Two, two people have tagged me in tweets, at least, where they said, quoting that Jack told me to go fuck myself when approached about coming out Hotline League already. Oh, really? Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's one way to get him on the show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, other than that, I think that's that's mostly what it is. So I feel like we should have a lot of great calls tonight about 
the final week of playoffs, which I will not be able to cover, uh, about the past week, about all sorts of stuff. So let's just let's just get some callers on here, huh? Yeah, I think I think that's right. Oh, there's a bunch of people that were ranking the the what the ADC thing sparked a giant conversation as well. Ellis was doing his rankings earlier. Double lifted his. Looks like I will dominate. Did his. Like everybody's doing doing those too. So uh, I haven't seen like everyone's. I, people want me to watch double lift, so I watched it on stream. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was fun. It was, yeah, it was a good time. All right, uh, Mark is grabbing some collars. So while he's doing that, thank you to a bunch of the people who have subbed recently, including Horizon Cast who gifted ten subs, Cool Open, uh, Muffintastic, John Zoidberg. Jammin TST, X Yosh, D Fitch, Sm- Snail Chip, and Penguin Buddy. All right, Hex Blast is here. Hex Blast, where are you calling from? San Francisco, California. San Francisco. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take is that Golden Guardians are a top four team and will challenge Hundred Thieves for the last spot at Finals Weekend. They're a top four team, and will challenge Golden Guardians. For the last no, 100 Thieves. 100 Golden Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Misspoke. Okay. I I love... I feel like Hotline League secretly has, like, the entire Golden Guardians fan base in its audience because we always have the Golden Guardians copium callers uh, on, on the show. As as soon as they get a good weekend, they're like, we're back. We didn't yeah. just drop four in a row before this. Or right. I was about to say, Hexblast. Hexblast. Do you remember what the, what the weekend before this one was for them and then the weekend before that uh yeah it was not the greatest for them i do remember some high points early in the games for them yes there was one where they definitely should not have lost. anyway so go ahead and elaborate why do you think that they are are so good so their 2-0 weekend the wins are against flyquest and dignitas who are two of the teams they're competing with for that last fourth place spot uh, they play the last team, Evil Geniuses, this weekend, and they're looking pretty good going into that matchup. Um, so I think they can definitely secure that fourth place spot. As far as challenging 100 Thieves, this team is just so good in the early game. Like, it's crazy how many giant leads they've built and then thrown over the course of this split. And I don't know, I think it's much easier to, like, uh, have a team that can get those big leads and then learn to close it out than have to, like, turn around and come back. I know I'm stealing that quote from somebody, but I can't remember where I got it from. I mean, a lot of people have that mentality. Well, the problem is they've got one week to learn it, right? Or do you think they already did learn it? They've remastered it. <laughs> they've remastered it? They're figuring it out. Um, what is their head-to-head with 100 Thieves over the course of this split? Do we remember? Uh, they are 0-2, I believe. I'm double-checking now. Yeah, they lost yeah. on the 12th. And I assume they lost the, the game before that too. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, so, but they did get a 10k gold lead before they threw that one. Right. And I think the caller I agree with, like, if you're a team that can't get leads, it's usually because you have a skill issue. And the fact that Golden Guardians can get leads a fair amount, I mean, part of it is draft related. They definitely draft more early game oriented than some teams in the league. Uh, but they at least have the skill to execute those and get big leads. So. I mean, like, I would rather be them than, like, some of the other teams around them in the standings who just, like, struggle to get leads consistently. Uh, Mark, would you rather be them than 100T? No. (laughs) Because I feel like that's really what this question boils down to. 
Um, that is and, a that was a good way to phrase it because yes. I'd still rather be hundred thieves. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, you know, like I think hundred thieves, they've been such a like they were talking about this on GLXP. I was watching it earlier about like it's just lame to talk about them because like you know they're a bet, like a good team. They've won five in a row now. They're ten and five. They're one game behind Team Liquid. It doesn't really feel that way for how the split yeah. has gone, you know. Um, so like. I think that they're they're about what you know they've won twice as many games as they've lost. That feels like a hundred thieves record. You know, it doesn't feel like they're this trash team, um, but like no one really believes in them for being a title threat. And, but no one also believes like when they lose, it really means anything. They're they're just like a weird team to talk about. Yes, I mean, quite frankly, them, FlyQuest, EG, and Dig are all weird teams to talk about. I feel like I mean, I guess you could maybe put Golden Guardians in there, but Golden Guardians feels like the scrappy underdogs. Whereas everything else feels like, and I know you hate the, the term, but the soup, because it's just yeah. like, it, yeah, it's it feels like it's been really hard to find like a narrative thread between, you know, behind any of these teams this split, and yeah, yeah. but it does. What we, it was a couple of weeks ago, right? Didn't we have a conversation about if Hunter T, maybe this was the Dash episode on if Hunter T could be the third team at? No, I think it was about FlyQuest, but. It does. I, I more and more it does feel like Hunter T is most certainly going to be the third team in Houston, um, but I don't uh, know. I will say, I mean, like there's still a part of me that's worried about them just choking a playoff series away um, because they dropped that dig series earlier in the year. Walking. Um, they had that big deficit to to Golden Guardians. You know, like these are not like best of five. It's it's harder to look at like a one game sample size, but I can right. I can see a world where like the team goes out and kind of lays an egg despite being a better team than who they lose to. Uh, I mean, and, that, and that but that's on the other side of that, though, is unfortunately Hexblast, why I don't believe your take as much, because I, I just hard to imagine a best of five them besting 100T. Like, yes, they did get that giant lead. Yes, they did throw it. Yes, maybe that means that, oh, they can just get that giant lead again and then this time not throw it, but like, you have to beat them in the best of five, and I think that's where I'm a little bit more concerned because it it certainly feels like 100T has the better players, has the better experience. Like, Travis, in a me, general vacuum, you should be betting on 100T. What's let me like? rephrase the caller's question another way because we can debate about 100 Thieves being favored against Golden Guardians, which I think we'll, we'll all align on that. Is Golden Guardians the best chance to upset 100 Thieves at the third spot, or is like EG a better chance in? What do, you, what do you think? Because I think that's a, another way to phrase it. While like hundred thieves might be favored, yeah. Golden Guardians is actually the fourth best team and would challenge them. Uh, yeah, I think I definitely have more faith in EG than I do in Golden Guardians. I say that, but then I also want to say that Golden Guardians is my favorite dark horse pick for like a really cool run in playoffs. Don't you feel like you they could kind of do it? I feel like they could do what Golden Guardians lineup did two summers ago with when the they, TSM where they almost yeah, they, TSM. yeah like they're not actually going to be their finals weekend but they could like fuck somebody up randomly right you know they could be that one wrench that gets thrown in the gears team liquid doesn't make it to houston because golden guardians just should stop them in a three-game series and then immediately with zero three to, to against, EG like, the next time yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and then it's hundred thieves eg and cloud nine at finals yeah, weekend yeah. feels like what the fuck happened yes yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing LCS long enough that you just start to find these like 
You know, it's like watching a, a TV series that has like 20 seasons. You're like, okay, yeah, the writers are going to use that we thing We can from get this eight. person's brother to hook up with this one's aunt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. Back to the caller's point. Uh, yes. I think EG is probably still a little favored over Golden Guardians. Uh, if only because I have a little bit more confidence in their pop-off players to actually pop off in a big game. Um, haven't seen it out of a blaze olive yet. Haven't licorice a little bit, but you know, he's, he had that down year. Uh, and other than that, you know, like lost, I don't know, Ole, eh, prize soccer, eh. EG at least has Danny and inspired and, um, uh, Jojo. impact and stuff. Yeah. Well, Jojo, I'm like, I don't know if he's got, got the goods, he gets slammed in the, in the best of five versus team liquid. Um, yeah. Jojo just seems like the type of player that will in one of these games in the playoffs go like. You get five Zero kills in the mid lane, and then just blow it all in the team fights later on, and and end up like five kills, ten deaths, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But no, I, I I think JoJo will be okay. But yeah. All right, Hexblast. Any parting thoughts on our doubts? Hexblast. I feel like Golden Guardians is a fun team to believe in, which I think is part of why I'm calling in like this. They're an exciting team to watch a lot of the time, and so I'm going to be pulling for them even if it's not the smart thing to do. No, I do. I agree with that. I do think that they are the... They, Golden Guardians has done, I think, a good job over the years of cultivating this kind of underdog brand for themselves, where they always take kind of these risks risks on players, and the players always kind of perform outperform people's expectations, at least in the last couple of years. And then you kind of, they give you false hope and then they, they die. They're like old school CLG, like original, original CLG, where they mm, win one game to give fans false hope type deal. You yeah, think yeah. like they're going to finally break through. All right, Hexplast, thanks. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, uh, shout out to Alienware. I'm actually watching this on my uh, Aurora right now. I've had it for a little over a year now. It still works fantastic. Thanks so much for the code, Travis. Yeah, thank you for, for hitting that up. I really appreciate that. The way that you said that sounded so scripted. I appreciate it. Oh, but people are this is a this is why people it's think that true, we have fake callers. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Um, awesome. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about Alienware. So one of the things that I can finally do, folks, one of the things that I can finally do is talk about the X fourteen notebook i don't know if, uh, people who are watching on youtube will get a chance or live i guess to see this do you guys see how thin this thing is this thing is awesome so i was actually so surprised i unboxed it this week and it showed up i think on like saturday and this is a gaming notebook that is so thin i believe right now people are saying it's the thinnest gaming notebook on the market um, is that the and, same one i have well it's the same series you have the x series but you have, yeah. I think, the X17. This is the X14, and the X14 specifically is, like, super thin. I mean, mine, I was surprised when I got it, how thin it is. It yes. feels crazy I mean, the whole, me. X, the whole X line is very, very thin, but this one in particular is, like, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I stream Elden Ring off my little gaming laptop, which is, you know, a little bigger than that. But it's it's pretty crazy what Alienware yeah. can put out. Yes, yes. But anyway, go take a look at the X14 because it's newly available. It just became available recently. And this thing is so cool. Um, I think if you're trying to figure out, you know, what you would like uh, from a gaming notebook and your answer is, well, I've got like a great desktop at home, 
but I want something that I can play like League or Genshin on or something. This thing has a 3060 in it, so it can run a lot of stuff fantastic. It's got a 144 hertz refresh panel. It's got the 1080p display, and so you can go and you can take this thing, and the battery life on it is pretty good, um, even despite the fact that it's so thin. And so it's kind of the perfect thing for like, oh, I'm going to go take this to the office or I'm going to go take this to school. And yeah, I can do gaming on my desktop at home, but then I've got this thing which can run a ton of really great games. Uh, it's just completely fine with a great display, but also be uh, quite thin and easy to travel with. You're not bringing out like a whole bunch of stuff. It um, actually has USB-C charge in the back as well. So that keeps it uh, pretty easy and pretty portable. So go take a look at it. Um, on the Alienware website, alienware.com slash Travis, and then click up to the top so that you can get access to the Alienware stuff. But this is my new thing. I'm going to be bringing, uh, I have a, another Alienware notebook that I bring for our editor at the LCS, where I'll be, if Mark is doing interviews for me this week, and I'll be sending it along for our editor. But this thing is what I may be bringing so that I can do stuff, create some thumbnails, do some work from the LCS, and then also be able to maybe open up Genshin during the pauses. Whenever I'm in the, the press room. and Whenever uh, the analyst desk comes on. Yeah, whenever the analyst desk comes on and Mark's talking, doing some like skit where he's recommending ketamine to teams, uh, then that's what I'll be doing is I'll be playing Genshin Impact on this beautiful X14. Go take a look at it. It's a really beautiful computer. It's gotten some really great reviews too. So uh, thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, you wanted to uh, grab... Oh, off he goes. Okay. Thank you to Shauna Tonin, He Who Walks Behind, Rico Suave, uh, Robert Bruce, Snake ED, Hula, Hula Blue, Spotrick, and Ari Waddle. A lot of 43-month folks. All right. Hello. Odin Bjornsson. Is that how you say your name? Uh, Odin, but Odin is fine as well. Odin. Odin. I like your zillion bjergsen picture on discord what is uh, what do you want to talk about or sorry where are you calling from i'm calling from uh, sweden from sweden yeah whereabouts in sweden uh southern part well uh, Mal malmo a bit northern but okay. in between like uh, malmo and dreamhack okay okay yon shipping is where yeah, exactly exactly that's my hometown nice hey i love sweden anyway what do you want to talk about on the show um, well, I think Puepo is a problem for T-Liquid. Um, oh. Yeah. So I think that he, he for sure is one of the best top laners in the league. Um, but most of his insane carry performances were in the beginning of the split and in the lock-in tournament. And uh, I feel like top laners not only have caught up to him, uh, but his picks are also like troll picks. Uh, in the Forge losses TL has. He has played like Viego, Jax, Lucian, and they should have lost the Shivana game. So I feel like he plays really weird champions and the latest game was just FyQuest. He got set up by Bjergsen like four times and he played horribly, horribly, horrible with the lead. So uh, yeah, drafts for TL then take up like too, he takes up too much space in draft, forcing his teammates to play around him. And I hope that um, they will start picking like normally in playoffs so that TL actually can get first because you want to get first in spring to get to MSI. Yes. That is do that is what you want to do in, in spring. Meh, debatable. 
Uh, yeah, actually, you don't go to MSI because then you suck in the beginning of summer and it throws you off and then you have an identity crisis. Uh, okay. Mark, half mm-hmm. the blame games you've been doing this year have been about Bwipo. So what... <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But I know it's a he's he's a frequent topic either he is. in the show or for you to be like, well, I did one on Whippa last week, so I can't do it for this week. I understand the caller's perspective because he listed the losses that Team Liquid has, tends to have weird things in them. Sometimes the game's about his picks and then they lose. But it's kind of the nature of the beast that if you are the X factor for your team, you're the one who's doing the weird thing. Your team wants to prop you up and play around you that when it fails, the flip side is that you get criticism. Um, so in that sense, I'd almost say with how team liquid is playing right now, it is actually pretty expected um, that you would think this, I, I don't actually think it's a problem. I, I disagree with the call's premise, but I don't, fault you for thinking it because when you start playing Lucian top and losing games people are going to get mad at you but your team was playing this stuff too and you know they probably scrimmed with it a lot this week and thought hey Lucian top pretty good we're winning games and scrims with it well what was different between stage and and the regular seat or like the uh scrims that made you stop winning games the fact that teams don't roll over and die when your Lucian gets as ahead as he did is in that fly quest game probably the case um they, they drafted a lot more early game oriented overall as well with like Bjergsen's Ari. They no longer had this like kind of backup plan um, of team fighting with like kind of control mages a little bit that they, they had before. Um, so while the Bwipo pick is kind of what gets the most attention, there were other changes in the draft as well that went a little bit more early game oriented that I think there was the one game Bjergsen looked incredible on the Ari on. And I actually think he had two decent Ari games, but the team... Failed to close out. Um, Core JJ's Tarek looked pretty uninspired. You know, like, no one's talking about the Tarek pick doing fucking nothing that game, really, in, in the mid to late game as they as they lose, over like, team fight after team fight. You know, like, there were a number of things that went wrong, but I think the nature of a Lucian pick, the nature of a Jax pick, draws your attention a little bit more. Not to say that Bwipo doesn't make mistakes, to be clear. Like, in the blame game, I did blame Bwipo, but I think... Um, the other like it's not like the rest of the team is like playing out of their minds. It's like Whippo, god damn it, stop throwing the game away. Do you think, Mark, that it might be safe to say that Team Liquid right now lives or dies by Whippo? As sort of, but because they're choosing to? Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it sounds like you're saying don't blame or flame Whippo, but the idea that if they lose, it could be because of because Bwipo things did not go well for Bwipo in the game, that that's a very likely or leading candidate for a loss in playoffs or like something that it sounds like that could be the case. Yeah, I, I just mean like when you're drafting the way Team Liquid's drafting, it's often going to look bad when you lose because you're playing volatile stuff in top lane. But when they win, and that was happening more earlier on in the split, like he was getting a lot of credit as well. People were like, Bwipo's amazing. I just think that they're living or dying by him a little bit, um, like you're saying, because they're they're choosing to, not because like sometimes it's just a player skill issue, you know, like oh this player's just not that good, and eventually they're going to run into someone who's going to bop bop you in that position. Okay, how so, about this, know, Mark? Uh, in the I, chat, I, oh go ahead, caller. No, I was going to say I I still think Whippo is really good, and I don't think he has been playing like really. It's not his fault maybe that he gets put on this, 
But I feel like the flexibility of him having these like flex solutions and stuff like that, I think that is the reason for the loss because I think Whippo can do just as well as on, on better picks. Yeah, I mean, like the Trinomir game, for example, even though they were doing some weird stuff in their draft, flexing, you know, Shen to bot lane and whatnot, like it ends up with a Trinomir, which is pretty powerful in the current meta. Uh, I do think that maybe you could argue TL has gone a little far in their expectation. There's been drafts I haven't liked, like that Lucian top game where they had the Galio with it, and then they have just like all range side lanes and no engage and no real front line. Like they beat EG, um, but like I didn't like that draft. There's been a number of, of games where I don't really like how their, their draft has ended up necessarily. Well, let me let me do this uh, this mini blame game right now. Dog from Woods in the chat says Whippo's decision making is the worst I've seen in like three seasons. Inting down mid under turret versus C nine, splitting bot inhib for fly versus FlyQuest, then dashing into people and insta dying instead of running away. He had plenty of time to run. Completely his fault. Mark Zimmerman. What would you say to Dog from Woods about Whippo's decision making being the worst they've seen in like three seasons, quote unquote? You don't want to jump on top of a flashless jinx as Jax when there's no support around? You don't want to do that, Dog from Woods? You don't want to kill the enemy barren up jinx for free? That seems like a pretty fucking good decision to me to kill the enemy AD carry for free. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. You know what I would say is maybe when you go for it, don't release your E too early and then miss your stun and then get chompered up and killed. That's probably what I would say you would want to do different. That that I would agree would be maybe not be such a good uh, idea, but I, I would think that you would want to go for that kill. Okay. Back to Mr. Bjornsson. Uh, Mr. Bjornsson. The other examples, I, I cherry-picked that one of the three. Uh, yes. I'm not saying Whippo's decision-making is always the greatest. Uh, he, he makes some mistakes, too. <laughs> uh, Bjornsson, uh, I don't know if we're going to see what you're suggesting happen in the playoffs, but I do appreciate your take. Is there anything you'd like to say before we say goodbye and move on to the next caller? Well, uh, yeah, shout-out to Alienware and Grubhub for supporting the show uh, and the content you're doing. And uh, I want to shout out the annual Fire Red Leaf Green Pokemon speedrunning tournament that is going to be hosted on the Speed Gaming channel on Twitch in April. Nice. Thanks for calling in. And thanks. I know it's really late there. What time is it there? Uh, four in the night or morning, okay. whatever. Well, thanks for calling in at such a late time. I, hopefully, you can get some sleep. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. Okay. Off mark okay. goes to grab the next caller. Let's see. We got Digibaku, Turd Ferguson, Ventus Official, Cianteal, Il Bonaparte, The Teddies, Ray Lagan, uh, Il Bonaparte gifted a sub, Daddy Please Spank Me, Top Alunith, Moonfish, uh, Eretz, and Flare CSTV. And we'll get to more here in just Hello. a second. Sir Astian is here. Sir Astian, I feel like I've seen you either tweet at me or make YouTube comments. Um, some YouTube comments. Okay, that's where I recognize you. Yeah, because I, I recognize the, the profile picture. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa, Canada. Have you been on the show before? Uh, no, first time caller, long time listener. Well, glad to have you on. Uh, what do you want to talk about this uh, week? 
Um, so I had two takes, but uh, he pulled me for my summit take. So I think he personally shouldn't win MVP because he doesn't have much competition in the top lane, except for like Buepo. And uh, yeah, pretty much that's kind of why I don't think he should win. Does he not have good competition because he's so far beyond them? Um, I suppose you could say that, but it's just like, even when you look on Champions queue, every time you see Summit in like, uh, the queue, the other top laner is just like, oh, darn man, like, all right, GG, you know, and like, he often like, is like, on the team that makes the team open, like, on Champion queue. So it's, uh, it's definitely something that like, you know, people should, uh, you know, be afraid of, you know? Wait, so you're saying he does deserve this or he doesn't deserve MVP? Well, it's just like he deserves it, but I don't think it's like, you know, like, you know, like earned because like he just doesn't have enough competition. I just whatever you're telling me that he just him being in champions queue makes the other team want to GG out. That makes yeah, me like, be like this sounds like an MVP candidate. Yeah, um, but that's the thing, though. It's just every time he plays against another top laner, he dumpsterms them. And then, like, it's just he doesn't have any competition, right? And, yeah. You know, and I, I know he is the MVP, you know? Like, but it's just, like, if he had competition, I feel like he wouldn't be as, like, you know, highlight real uh, player, you know? Okay, okay. I will. I see what you're saying. I think perhaps the, the argument you're making is a, it's a little rough. So let me let me give a better analogy here, Mark. Mark... If Summit, if you replaced all of, actually, let's put, let's do a different version. If you replaced all the ADCs except for Arrow with collegiate ADCs in the league, and then Arrow was just shitting on people as an ADC, it might look like he's so far above everybody and his MVP quality and is really great, but in reality, he's just a, an okay ADC in a league filled with garbage so what's happening with wildcard should competition be taken into account during the mvp if your 80 carry is so much better than the rest of the 80 sir and you're actually echoing a little bit can you mute Um, Uh, sorry thank you um if the 80 carry on your team is so much better than the other nine 80 carries in the league that they will solo win you games does that not make them valuable would you not argue that every team then wishes that AD carry was on their team? And that he has the biggest skill discrepancy between him and the other nine people? Would you not argue that potentially? Aston, you can, I don't know if you want to reply, but you can if you want. So uh, if he was like in the LEC, LCK, or LPL, he's not, he's not the MVP. It's just like it, here, we just. He plays in the have... LCS, of course he's not the MVP. You, you can't measure other regions as, like, you, you play in the region you play in. You can be a big fish in a small pond. That's fine. Okay, here, let me let me help Astian out a little bit, too. Is yeah. there a chance, Mark, that, like, I don't know, who's, give me a, give me another top player in their role. If, like who's... if Faker came to NA and was so much better than all the mid laners in NA, why would he get the MVP? No, 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 no. Here, here's another example. Because if he went example. to Korea or China and had to play against Rookie. Here, here's another and... Here's another thing. Could you argue, for instance, that Blabber, who has been one of the best junglers in the league, maybe the best jungler, is actually more valuable because of how good he is. It's just hard for him to look as good as Summit is because there's not as big of a gap. 
And that gap... No, that, is... li that argument is literally self-defeating because then you can put another jungler in Blabber's place, arguably. And Could you argue that Blabber results? is a better player, though? Because here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Okay, right. so, so you don't care as much about... For MVP, you don't care about... It's like it's not about who the best player in the league is. It's about who the most valuable is. Not to me, and it's never been that way. I've always voted not based off who I think the best player in the league is. Because I think that is a fair question. Is like, like even even stepping away, I guess. From but you didn't even phrase kind of it that way. As as Blabber's the best best player in the league. If you had said Blabber's the best player in the league, you have a better argument. But if you're just phrasing it purely on comparative values, then I I don't care. Because there like is, if, I if, think it is fair to say that if the pool is weak for a certain position, somebody might look like they're the best player in the league, where somebody else might be the quote-unquote best player in the league, but they've just got more fierce competition, so it's harder for them to look as good. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, if there's more fierce competition and you are clearly the best, does it not stand out even more? I mean, yes. It's just, it, it does yeah, that... become a question of if they are... If you care more about gap or if you care more about overall skill? Well, I, I care about performance. I care about who's winning games. Yeah. If, you, if you're winning games because your opponents are weak, okay, great. If you're winning games but your opponents are tough, also, hey, great. Blabber's won them a lot of games. I'm not saying I don't think Blabber shouldn't be MVP for what it's worth. I'm just taking the other side of these arguments where if, if you're just using purely comparative methods, then like that, that's the definition of value. Value isn't a tangible thing. It's it's a it's a nebulous. It's it's whatever it is based off the environment it's in. Gold doesn't mean shit in a like you know tribe that can't you like has no care of currency. We're but going gold's a little fucking valuable to most people. We're going a little broad now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just making well. What sir asked and left. Oh. I don't think perhaps perhaps they had some sort of disconnect or internet issue. Hopefully, I, I doubt, I doubt they like them. just rage quit. Uh, Sir Aston, if you can still hear us, feel free to rejoin and we'll bring it back. Yeah, so, uh, sometimes if if you rejoin a, a room, yeah, we did not. By the way, people in the chat saying like he got destroyed. Like that's I don't think that's what we were trying to do. I don't. I hope we didn't. I I don't. I'm just there was yeah, no my, intent my... to chase somebody out of the call. I was I was arguing with Travis as much as I was with the with the caller. I mean, Travis yeah. was playing devil's advocate, but I was right. just arguing that way. Listen, there's people who vote purely based off who they think is the best player in the league. More power to them, you know. If that's the case, you want to make that. Oh, he said internet rebooted in in one of the, the discords, so cool. all good. Okay. Um, if if the if the case for how people vote, I think it's fine to be a little subjective. I, I don't think everyone has to align on like what an MVP voting metric system is, unless, you know, Riot wants to come down with the fist, but even that doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's still going to be kind of arbitrary. People have their own metrics. Right. Um, so some people I know feel bad voting for a player they don't think is the best player in the league and giving them an award. I don't really, that doesn't bother me as much because otherwise, like, you get what happens where you just give Bjergsen eight awards because you just think he's the best player in the league every split, even if, like, there's a period of time where um, other people are outperforming him. Like you can get outperform and still be the best player. Other people like have to carry harder for their team because their team's not as talented. And you know the best players on the best team with the best teammates, um, and they don't have to do as much to win their games to someone who is arguably worse, but winning almost as many games because they're having to do way fucking more. And like those are always the arguments I raise 
for why I'm giving MVP because I feel like it's it's a more interesting discussion than just being like, man, I think Bjergsen's the best for six years in a row. Right. He is pretty good. Uh, all right. Well, I haven't seen Sir Ashton rejoin a channel. And so this year, Bjergsen's not that good for people in Twitch. I'm just saying there's a period of time where, let's say, Jensen got 50, led the league by 50 kills and was hard smurfing every game. And C9 could not win without him smurfing. Boy, didn't get MVP because a lot of people were like, well, Bjergsen's better. Mark, who do you think is the best player mid laner in the league right now? Best mid laner in the league right now? Dude, put a gun to my head. I don't want to answer that question. I, is it That's tough? A, it's, I mean, it's didn't so we have hard. we had the caller that said that it was fudge, and I feel like we were kind of like sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's Bjerg, honestly. Um, the the RE games were nice this weekend because at least he kind of popped off. And I was saying this on the desk before at the start of the weekend before he played RE. I was like, please play RE so you can smurf because I want a mid laner to play well. Um, and luckily he did, but then they ended up losing one of those games. So I was like, ugh. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody in Twitch chat said Ashton rejoined the Discord, so I pulled him in. Uh, Zamelkai, thank you. Um, Ashton, I, I'm i going to say goodbye to you now, unfortunately, because we ran out of time for your take. But thank you for calling in with it. I do think it sparked a good conversation. And one that's always worth revisiting whenever we're, we're coming up on MVP stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out, though, before we go on to the next caller? Uh, you know, just shout out Alienware and uh, Grubhub. And uh, also a shout out to my friend Sarah. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely agree with everything that you guys were talking about, you know, about the most valuable and the best player, you know, type of deal. It's just, he doesn't have competition, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Maybe Bjergsen is actually the best player in the league right now because he has so much competition, Mark, in the mid lane. The mid lane is stacked this year. Yeah. Uh, people were saying that it was also like, not to... I think sometimes people, when we say this stuff, think we're just flaming NA. This is like a global meta problem for a lot of uh, regions. Like, you know, I, I don't mean to say that this is just North America who's not having a ton of standout mids. I think some players in other regions are standing out, but I think mid lane as a whole this year has been pretty quiet across the board. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, definitely. Okay. Chovy is insane right now. Chovy's insane all the time, though. I just mean, like, the meta is not, there's a couple examples, right? But like the same way, JoJo's actually been smurfing lane every game. Uh, Flare CSTV, thank you for the prime. Steve the S Sleeve, thank you uh, for the five months. And Ranner TV, thank you for the 20. Mark is off to go grab the next caller and he will be back shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you to everybody who's subbing. Uh, by the way, Twitch has made it very difficult to see if you have a sub available. It's kind of annoying. Make sure that if you are clicking the sub button, you see if the checkbox is there to use your sub because they I think they're trying to get less people to use their primes. That's my suspicion. So stick it to them by using your prime. Elliot is here. Elliot, where are you calling from? Hey, Travis, I'm calling from uh, Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Nice, Pittsburgh. What do you want to talk about on the show? Oh uh, yeah, so uh, my take today is that I agree with what FBI said during uh, your interview with them. And I think that C9 is incredibly overrated. Ah, I think he said, to be clear, for those that didn't see it, he said C9 and TL are not that strong. And he doesn't think that 100 Thieves is strong either. But he was basically positioning it as like, they are not so far above everybody else that they are like, yeah, that they are, are that good. And I feel like that kind of played out this weekend, actually, given that both teams lost 
in games that they you would not have expected them to lose. So yeah, um, oh, go sorry. ahead. I was gonna I was gonna say I could um elaborate a little bit yeah, if you'd yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. So let me actually kind of a little bit rephrase that because I actually like now that I think about it, they aren't incredibly overrated. That was just like a little bit of like a you know get Mark's attention kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, good one. <laughs> no, but I do think that they they are overrated. I, I I truly think that Fudge has like the lowest ceiling out of the top team mid laners, and I think that that's gonna show especially during the summer. I think that their only shining light right now is Summit and Blabber. And I think once teams learn how to play against that kind of in-your-face, like, Korean playstyle that Summit has, inevitably the team will crash and we will see them in the bottom half of the teams in the summer. You giving no love to Berserker? He's not, like, a hyper-carry kind of player, though. Like, I think he's very good. He's obviously, you know, he's in the LCS for a reason. He's on a top team for a reason. But I think, like... Hype-wise, I think Summit is probably their their biggest player. What about players like Reckless or like Sneaky in the past or some of those kind of like good players? Do you think they were good? Yeah. I mean, I okay. think everyone like, you know, everyone's like there for a reason. I just think that obviously, you know, you're going to have like your standout players. And I think right now Summit and Blabber are their standout players. The, the reason I brought up those examples historically is because like the idea of an 80 carry being more of a late game team fight threat has existed in the past. And I'm, I'm just curious why you don't think Berserker fulfills that role where he doesn't need many resources. He kind of just farms on his own, lets win some run around, do whatever. He doesn't care because at 20 minutes, he's going to pop off in team fights. Because that's, that's the perception I have of Berserker, um, that he is in that mold of, of a, a Reckless or some of these other types he's not the uzi who like you play you must give all resources to it's actually valuable sometimes when you have a player like summit to say eh, berserker you don't need shit but you'll perform yeah no I, I i definitely agree with you i just think that like especially on social media i feel like a lot of um views can get tainted easily on, on social media uh, i just think that he hasn't really done anything like special individually he's a he's a, obviously a crazy player you know he's one of like he's a very very good player but I just think that, especially on social media, like the perception is that Summit is obviously like, you know, they're they're kind of like big name star. Mm -hmm. So I think that right now, once like the uh, the kind of upper half teams learn how to play against him, I think that C9 will definitely struggle more than like they are. Like they're not a bad team in any way, like in any way, shape or form. I just think that they aren't like incredibly gapping teams, like anything crazy like that. So who do you think will will end up above them in playoffs? Because I think your didn't your message say that they were going to lose in round one? No, no, I never said anything about about rounds. No. Someone someone said someone yeah. was losing in round one. Oh yeah, I, I, was I no, I, I saw that, but that wasn't me. No. All right, I gotta figure out who said that. Well, while that happens, uh, I mean, caller, what did you think of? Oh wait, I pulled two calls that are basically the same thing. Whoops, brain fart right there. Do you want to go grab the other person? Maybe. Yeah, I'll let's just... just slam two callers in here. Yeah, yeah, go. I, go I should do a mic check first. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, are you a fan of any of these teams? Uh, do, uh, do you mean as in, like, um, what team is going to end up above C9? No, no, just, like, are you? who do you root for? I'm curious. I'm always kind of curious whenever people call in with takes on this stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um... I have always been a uh, 100 Thieves fan just because 
of the fact that they got me into esports. Oh, like nice. I was a huge, huge Nadeshaw fan, and then once he founded a hundred thieves, um, I I always like liked League of Legends, but once they signed a team, I was kind of like you know kind of all in with them. Nice. Okay, we're joined right now by Ray. Ray, where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm calling from the Philippines. From the Philippines. Nice. Okay. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? It sounds like you've got a similar hundred thieves take. Uh, no, uh, actually, my take was that Fudge is a liability for C9 currently. And if he doesn't improve uh, by the time playoff comes, they'll be eliminated in the first round. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. So this is the the C9 doubters group. That's what we're No, we're no, no. It. I'm actually a C9 fanboy since 2013 when they made it into the LCS. But, sure, but you sound Fudge. like a doubter right now. You think that they might not make it. Um, it's just that Fudge has been making a lot of um, positional mistakes, and he always gets picked off. I think the first two games where he played like support mids was really great for him, but when it comes to carry stuff, it seems that he just can't carry C9. Elliot, what do you what do you think of this? Because you're also a little you you're not as much of a believer in in TL and C9. Do you think Fudge is part of the reason why C9 is perhaps not as good as people think? Um, I think with C9, it's, it's kind of hard because a lot, like, how do I explain this? So I think like all of them are obviously individually talented. So I think it's hard to put the blame on like kind of one person. I do, however, think though, that, that like he has the, the lowest ceiling out of the top team mid laners. I think that he is, he's obviously he's good right now, but I think once like, um, the other kind of top, top tier mid laners uh kind of catch up with like the team i don't think he's going to be as as a uh, as he is now gotcha all right ray do you want to elaborate a little bit more you just you think fudge has been making a lot of mistakes lately and that's why yeah i think that's just it he he gets picked off a lot um he doesn't make that much of an impact towards the game uh I think that you know he's bearing, being carried by Summit and Berserker and Fu, uh, and Blabber that he's just there. It's like the old TSM Ward meme all over again. Uh, well, okay, so this is kind of cool. Mark, we are heading into the final week of regular season. Right now, TL and C9, I think a lot of people felt like it was a two-team league. I think I might have even said this on Rift Reaction last week that it felt like a two-team league. This past weekend... We had on Friday I posted this FBI thing where he's like, they're not that good or like they're maybe better, but they're not so far ahead of everybody. We saw them both lose games that they were expected to win. C9 losing against TSM even. Again, I know it's best of ones. But this is our moment to take the callers here who are saying, who are doubting at least C9 for Ray and then C9 and TL for Elliot and say, is it time to, you know, are, are we going to see them get exposed maybe in playoffs? What do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> here's here's my why I I have our time Elliot and Ray. I don't see other teams that are really threats to them. Like we were just talking about how Hunter T, even if they're one game behind TL, it doesn't necessarily feel like that given the season that they've had. Everybody else is kind of like, what well, I think EG's like guaranteed playoffs now, but no, everybody else. Not. Oh, they're not? I thought that they the were. The only team. No, e EG 7 and 8, dude. 
I know, but I thought they had tie, enough tiebreakers or head-to-heads or something that it worked out. I thought that they were the, the higher chance. I guess FlyQuest. Is FlyQuest in? The only other person that's in is 100 Thieves. Oh, FlyQuest isn't even guaranteed yet. No, dude. Everyone's 7 and 8 and 8 and 7. Yes. Well, only FlyQuest is 8 and 7, but I thought 8 and 7. There's only three games left. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's only one game apart. Right, right, right. Um, so that's kind of my point, guys. Is like we're talking about a bunch of teams that we don't even know who's going to be in playoffs in playoffs. And so it's really tough to look at C9 and TL that just have felt so far ahead of everybody. And like, even if they are weaker than it seems, it's really hard to be like, like Ray, do you think hundred thieves is going to come in or FlyQuest is going to come in and eliminate C9 in the first round? If fudge can't get his stuff together, you know what I mean? Uh well, I would I would say so, but I, I have to say though that my take was that if he doesn't improve before the playoffs, but if they can, considering that they have you know a, a good coaching staff, then maybe they won't. But if he can't, then they'll be eliminated in the first round. I guess I guess I kind of disagree. I think they don't even need to improve because I don't feel like they have enough competition at their heels that like Fudge needs to step it up. I'm not saying Fudge shouldn't improve. Like obviously. We were just kind of talking about how the mid lane pool is kind of weird this year, but it, it's just don't, I'm not like, oh yeah, you know, Abadaga is going to turn it on and expose him or, you know, Takui's going to like lead the charge and Fudge is going to, because he hasn't leveled up or like didn't get good fast enough, like C9's going out, you know, like that's a struggle that I run into. And like, similarly with uh, you, Elliot, my friend, uh, I think it's hard for me to look at C9 and TL and feel like, yeah, maybe there's a world where they don't both make finals, where it's not a C9TL finals. But that feels like kind of a, a hard world to believe, even with the games that they lost this weekend, because they're just, again, it doesn't feel like there's a solid third-place team, even if that solid third-place team probably is 100 Thieves. It just doesn't feel like it. Like, it, it's hard to hard to really feel like these guys are in that much danger. Can I say something? Yeah. You go, and then I'll go. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually agree with Travis on that. That's why my take was that um, I don't think right now C9 and TL have any, like, real challengers right now. But I think uh, come summertime, especially if, like, you know, some of these upper teams make some roster changes, I think that there will be uh, teams that can, like, distinctively challenge C9 and TL. My take on all this is that kind of what Travis said, maybe the top teams are overrated. Uh, I can see a world where they, they lose in playoffs um, against like 100 Thieves they get together EGS in crazy series or whatever. Um, I think for Elliot, you're underrating Berserker a little bit. I, I think he's he really is legitimately one of the top 280 carries in the league, especially because I, I don't think FBI has been as good this split. Um, well, he's admitted to not being as good. What's that? FBI and who he have both said have both said that the their bot lane is the reason why Hunter T has been struggling and they don't know like they've been trying to get better. Ah, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, and I feel like on the fudge point, I think you know you could make a case that he is the weakest laner of the top four that power rank that people have between Abba, Jojo, Bjerg, and him. I think you can make the case that he would be considered the weakest laner by them when Abba's playing well. Abba's having not a great split. I'll admit that. But we've seen ceilings out of Abba that we haven't seen out of Fudge yet. Um, for Peaks. like, 
What? You mean like peaks out of ABBA? Ceiling yeah. is just nice. Wait, when you when you come in, your microphone like doesn't pick up the beginning, so I catch oh. like half a word, and I just hear eeks, and I'm like, let me let what? me turn off uh, if Discord's doing something weird. Anyway, sorry, yeah. continue. All good. Um, so I I don't think that Fudge like without Fudge improving to the caller's point, he could be arguably the weakest laner of those four. But I also don't think it matters given the context of the conversation that we were having before where like the mid lane champ pool isn't that crazy. His competition isn't playing that well. Like JoJo's really dominant lane, but kind of sometimes fucks things up outside of lane. Bjerg seems as well to be happy to be a passenger on his team. Um, ABBA is just really inconsistent right now. It, it doesn't feel like there's someone where like, oh, Fudge is going to go up against this team that's just playing through mid lane and he's going to get slammed. Uh, which I don't even think would really happen anyways, because I, I think he's he's a little being underrated even by myself in this this moment. But um, I personally don't see that happening. I just don't see that like the, the a team's game plan for winning a best of five against C9 is like we're we're going mid and we're fucking fudge up. You know, like I I don't see that happening. And Fudge I think knows how to lose gracefully, even if he is like in a tough situation. Um, he hasn't really gotten slammed in lane too often. He's made he's had some more bad games like the Lucian game, the, the Vigar game, recently. But I, I don't think it's actually a cause for concern. He's also had good games like the Victor game versus TL and stuff. So I think he's okay. Well, Elliot and Ray, thank you guys for calling in. Elliot, do you want to shout anything out? Oh uh, yeah, actually, uh, I just want to go ahead and give a shout out to my fiance Madison. Uh, she always kind of allows me to follow my passions within, you know, the gaming and esports kind of stuff. So I'm really thankful for her. And uh, shout out to Alienware and Grubhub and Grubhub. Whoopsies. And uh, one more thing, shout out to uh, to you, Travis. Thank you for thank you for providing such a fun show for League of Legends fans to uh, interact with. Thank you. I appreciate. It. Have a have a good one. And Ray, how about you? Do you have any shout outs? Yeah, uh, I'd like to shout out Alienware and Grubhub for your, uh, producing this amazing show or sponsoring this amazing show. Uh, Mark Z for the Elden Ring story the other day. Oh, yeah. And uh, rest and refresh, guys. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. Glad you glad you like the Genshin content. We'll keep it coming. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, well, I should say this. I think Mark... Oh, it looks like Mark is pulling folks right now. Do we need callers or takes? We, we I mean, there's some room in the waiting room. we got 40 minutes left in the show and only two callers right now. So yeah, I'm so still, you guys I'm still want, scrubbing. If you guys have a take, you want to respond to something you've already heard or whatever, this is a good time to try to get in on uh, plebs or subtopics. Discord.gg slash Travis. But while Mark looks for those takes and is, is doing all that, let's talk about Grubhub. So... We're back with another Travis Gafford specific code. So last week we were giving you guys $5 off 10. This week from March 21st to the 23rd, you can use code Travis 10 to receive $10 off your Grubhub, Grubhub order of $20 plus. This is only for the first 2,500 orders. So uh, yeah, that's a good time. Save 10 bucks on a, on a Grubhub order. That's pretty good. It's 50% off if you're ordering something that's 20 bucks pretty good deal uh please use this code because i want to it's it's they're very generous to actually go and make these like specific weekly codes just for uh my my callers so if you guys are thinking about ordering food um please do me a favor and use travis 10 this week on your grubhub order so you can save ten dollars off twenty dollars again this is for the first 2500 orders so let's just go use all 2500 of them 
That would be sick. Avali's in the chat. You guys know what to ask her. We talked about the start of the show. Everyone on the count of three. One, two, three. There we go. There's some people. Uh, by the way, so he says, uh, the potato, I ordered GrabHub and the code isn't even working. Uh, I definitely think it's working. So if you're having issues, maybe tweet at GrabHub, but uh, it, it should be should be fine if, you, if you're using it in the U.S. There we go. People are asking Ovaly to do the interviews. Uh, but thank you so much to GrabHub for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for shouting them out whenever you call in. That's very nice, too. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Sure. Uh, John G365, thank you for the two years. Team Hezzy, thank you for the one year. Uh, J Schroed, 91, and 44 Caliber. Thanks, everybody, for the subs. Very nice of you. Hello. Uh, Gutler is here. Gutler, where are you calling from? Uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. Tampa Bay. Oh, I was just here. Or I was just there. Well, not there. I was in Orlando, but I was there recently. We'll talk about that in the final ad. But uh, what do you want to talk about on the show, Gutler? So my take is that if CLG does poorly during the upcoming Super Week, they will finish in ninth place, which means they'll be in ninth or tenth for all five of the last five splits and should face relegation. Well, uh, they can't face relegation because we don't have relegation, but they should. You're suggesting they'll they, be up for relegation. They're vulnerable to have to have like a force cell occur. Um, yes. Interesting. Mark, are you guys gonna bring that into the narrative for this week on the broadcast? I, I might just to hype. Remember, it up, yeah. everyone, they're playing for their life right now. They are playing for their org's life. Because I mean, how many times have we seen the, the the brain dead takes in Twitch chat of like, they should bring relegation killed, removing relegation, franchising killed the LCS. We need to have relegation. The, yeah. I mean, this is, this is hyphy for CLG. Uh, you know, Riot loves going to battle with their owners. So probably, you know, <laughs> CLG is getting the boot. No, I, I mean, I don't think Riot will do it, but at least to the caller's point, it would be ninth again, potentially. I mean, it would be, yeah. It's pretty crazy if that's the case. Caller, do you think they should get the boot if they place ninth? Yeah, I think I have a good argument for it. Yeah, so for it. CLG is has only won 20 of their last 78 games, <laughs> which gives them just above a 25% win rate during a 30-month period. It's been a lot of time to fix it. Um, so if you ever pay attention to, like, you know, people who smurf and stuff, a lot of them will say like a theoretical 70% win rate is the highest you can get because, you know, 30% of the time, the other team will just carry no matter how hard you're winning. And that even if you're in, in like iron four, a 30% win rate is like the theoretical lowest win rate because um, even no matter how hard you inch, your team will carry you 30% of the time. So we're talking about a team that's doing 5% worse than... Uh, I mean, very different circumstances, board. right? Because yeah. it's not, it's not, you're, you're comparing like an individual win rate in an environment where people are like getting disconnected or intentionally. Like someone's stuff. mom's not, finished the pizza It's not rolls. like you should say, it's not like you, you could be like, well, you should have at least a 30% minimum in LCS because like, you know, somebody's internet might go out. On the so no one's, yeah, yeah. No one's, no one's DCing you and handing a free win in, yeah. in LCS. So when you but have the, a shit season, you know, yeah. you go nine and you know or one and one and 17 or two and whatever uh i will say for the clg point you know you look at how bad they were in the last couple of years where people were like raging at them for their their results uh 
I'm, go, I'm trying to scroll down to the bottom of the page here. God, they have a long, a big staff. For the love of God. Uh, they went in summer. It includes their, their carryover from spring, but 12 and, and 33. Their spring was 5 and 13. Right now, they're 5 and 10. If they go 0, 3, it's the same, same results as last spring. They have a 5 and 13 before that as well. A uh, 3 and 15. You know, so they have, they have had some like this right now they need to grab a couple more wins to avoid falling into that category um what i i positioned the caller with is that it's true that they have pretty bad and the numbers when you say them like that sound even worse than i remember but they had they they overhauled the whole organization this split they went in a new direction young talent developing i think a lot of people would say that this lineup is more exciting to watch than the veteran fueled dumpster fires that came before so even if the record isn't much better They've given players opportunities. They're trying to improve. Like, would you, if the organization, like, let's say you're you're the LCS commissioner and you're looking at these numbers and you're like, wow, you guys suck. And then they give you that pitch. Does that sway your heart at all? Or are you, are you has your soul been crushed already? And you're like, no, get out. If you want to say that, you know, they turned over a new leaf, I give it one more split. They got to get seventh, eight. They can't be uh, sitting at nine or 10th for, for, you know, six out of the last six splits. That was going to be my... I mean, we're not asking much. We're asking to go up one place in 30 months. Yeah, you sound generous to me, Lord Commissioner. I'll give you that. Mark, this was going to be my... How I was going to pose the question to you. Okay, you don't... Like, if they if they place ninth this time, you don't boot in this split. How many splits do you give them? Yeah. How many... Like, because at a certain point in time... You only get one extra life, Travis. I mean, yeah, Gutler gives them an extra split. I mean, maybe you look at this this team and you're like, okay, well, it's like a two-year project. But what happens if they get 10th and 9th the next two years? I mean, like, right, to Gutler's, point, I would almost say that the issue is to Gutler, the downside of, I, I almost would argue, like, the reason for, for removing CLG is the inverse of what Gutler was saying. Where it's like, there it's hard to. There's always going to be teams that are exploding in the LCS, like TSM or whatever. Like, maybe it's hard because you have to. It's tenth and ninth, not just tenth. But like theoretically, there should be enough teams exploding or having visa issues or something that like you should be able to get eighth plus at least every now and then, right? So, I mean, Immortals is on a seven-game loss streak, right? right? CLG's weekend this week can almost not be easier. It's it's IMT and TSM, the ninth, 10th place teams. You do have to play EG, but, like, you got to go one and two at least this week, right? And even even that would be a little disappointing. Like, you want to go two and one. And, and you probably don't make playoffs. You can't really make playoffs at two and one if you lose to EG. I mean, you I say think. it's easier this weekend, but in another sense, like, if they lose to TSM or Immortals, that even... fucks them pretty hard because those are the two teams that are behind them, right? So, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this is a hilarious take. I, I, I honestly wouldn't boot them this split, and I don't think anyone's going to actually advocate for them to be booted based off. I mean, even the caller wants to give them an extra split, right? But yeah, even the caller will give them one more. But I do think it is some good stake setting for this weekend that I'll probably rip off from Gutler about like. Hey, I know this isn't going to happen, but this would be, you know, like their fifth split in a row of this placement and open them up to potentially get relegated. 
uh, or removed from the league. And they're going up against the ninth and 10th place team currently. Like if you ever needed the proof that you deserved your spot in the, the, the league, it's, it's beating the two worst teams currently. I, Mark, how many, how many splits do you go beyond the five? Ah, oh, God, I don't know. Part of me even wants to say you go into next year with them. I mean, I think you have to. Like, I, I because of the fact that they reset. And they're clearly going a more developmental approach, yes. right? And they have new staff and all that stuff. I don't feel like it's like, yeah, you only have one year. Like, is it? And for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes, this team is a brand new team. Like, much like TSM, honestly, brand new players, brand new coaching staff, brand new GM, et cetera, et cetera. So to give them only one or maybe two splits to not place bottom is rough. On the other hand, it's still owned by Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden took this long. They waited until the fifth split to make well, and these types of changes. So, As Nico on Twitch says... Who cares if they reset? Because they can just reset every year with that logic. You know, as soon as like, oh wow, it didn't work this time, blow it up and start over again. Like, I will say, like, there's some pieces, right? Like, I think people like Luger a lot. Uh, I think Palafox has been actually okay. Um, you could see a world with Poom and Luger, and I don't know, maybe you shell out a little bit more, uh, and, and you try to make some upgrades, and, and suddenly you're in like a middle half of the league like your fly quest this split you know like fly quest isn't that insane right like the idea of like the gap between fly quest and clg it's three it's three wins right now but like i test wise it's not that insane right okay maybe it's that insane i don't know i i see the point that nico's making about like you have to the buck has to stop eventually well you're okay here's the thing you're not gonna you're not gonna boot them in the middle of the year and i don't think that you boot them at the end of this one so I would say you give them till the end of 2023. If they're not Seriously. making playoffs, because like uh, this, here's what I think. If they do not get eighth place or higher in summer and they don't do it in spring, then, all right, MSG, you better go build the like Jensen double lift. Uh, you know, I like this angle. Yeah, like you have you have to go do you have to do what steve did to save himself a relegation you have to bring double lift out of retirement and uh and buy your way back in to the league otherwise here's here's what i tell them because i i agree with you also someone in twitch i said like getting seventh or eighth is not particularly impressive either so like let's say clg you're like get out of get out of the bottom two and they get like eighth this split and they get eighth in spring and eighth in summer next year that's not particularly impressive i would say by the end of 20 23 you have to have made top five at some point top five to yeah why not it's not that fucking hard dude i mean fly it's kind of hard and dig fly quest and dig are in the top five right now dude dig has gotten top five yeah but we're talking times. about you say at some point in time i assume you mean like at the end like you need to finish yeah five. i yeah, yeah yeah i'm saying you have to finish top five in one of the next four splits spring summer spring summer you have two years get top five if you can't do it get the fuck out you know what? By the end of 2023, get to finish top five. Yep. Yep. You have this developmental year to figure things out that should result with good strategic planning, getting you into playoffs, and, you know, be top five in the league. Yeah. Top top half of the league, you know, for one split. Yeah. Golden Guardians has done it. 
I'm pretty sure. Dig has done it. I don't know if Golden Guardians has done it. Has Golden Guardians not done it? I don't think they've In, done including, it. They, they had a playoff run where they ended top five because of the playoff right, run. Right, right. They, they had the playoff runs, season. but I don't think they ever have finished in the top five of the league. Uh, I would be shocked. Has, no, summer 2020. Fifth. Hanser, Closer, DeMonte. Yeah, Hanser, Closer, DeMonte, they FBI, Who Heat. Uh, they went nine and nine. Then they went eight and ten before. They got their their last couple runs were like no no they've been summer. decent lately. But I thought they were finishing like six or something. I didn't realize they ever finished in the top half of the league. They had a couple of total stinkers, you know. But like they they fifth is their highest regular season ranking, you know. But they've been sixth, fifth, seventh a couple times, like you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If I told you, be Golden Guardians, would you like? Is that an insane bar that you're setting? I don't no. think so. All right. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's You know what it is? It's just like with the new CLG that's built, I think there are other teams that I would rather see removed from the league right now before <laughs> I want to remove CLG. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even care if they get ninth place this split. I'm like... There's at least one other team that I'd be like. Well, and they're they're fun to watch. Even in that loss versus C9 this weekend, you kind of liked watching them play C9. Like they they were making moves. They were trying to get shit to to work. They're they're not as hopeless as as like they felt in the past. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's IMT. Why not TSM chat? You know how do you know I'm not thinking about TSM? <laughs> uh, the one okay. the the first time in their org's history they're at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Get them out. <laughs> I mean, there are, should we, uh, by the way, I don't, uh, nothing I've heard has led me to think that this is what the result will be, but there are, are there investigations happening? Besides, there, there are other factors oh, going okay, on there. Mark, okay. I, I don't, obviously that's not what's going to happen. I'm just saying you don't have to remove them just because of their placing last place. Um, <laughs> Gutler, I'm kidding, by the way. Uh, Gutler, thank you for the call. It was a good conversation, so I appreciate it. Uh, anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, shout out to Jesus. Um, all my friends that play League, uh, Gabe, uh, Peeny, Brandon, Hector, uh, Alan. And shout out to Alienware. I just bought a Arthur 14 uh, last month, and it's wonderful. And they wouldn't even let me use your code, Travis. Yeah, it's whenever it's brand new stuff, I think that they, for, for various reasons, it's hard for them to use the... the the code but thank you for letting me know because uh i i just want to make sure i can get credit for that thank you so much for the call and we'll catch you next time all right uh the jesus shout out got a lot of <laughs> reactions from twitch chat i mean it's the Do first think... time i think that we've had him shout it out on the show but shout out to jesus okay I just, I was just, you know, like, do you think that gets you a better chance of getting into heaven or is it more <laughs> like right, you know, right, you're right, spreading right. the word let's i don't know it's just uh you could you can I ask i would have liked to have gone deep on that one there are people that are near you in your life mark that you could probably ask that question um i know the answers it. um okay wait mark left we were gonna do a break i guess we're not doing a break okay uh thank you to portillo mr dr enchilada and gaming 007 for the subs appreciate it folks uh, yeah, this reminds me of the back when the CLG meme was Christian Logic Gaming. I, <laughs> people are gonna go look up that meme. That was a uh, that was a good old one. Twitch chat. Uh, Spotrick is here. Spotrick, 
Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, North Dakota at the moment. North Dakota. Uh, Travis, it's Spotrick. I'm well, used to capital T, so it throws me off. Spotrick. I did the same thing in the in the call in the room Spot, earlier. Spotrick, North Dakota. What do you want to talk about? Uh, so uh, my hot take was that players, uh, there's a whole generation of players who have never played in front of a live audience, and that's going to make a huge difference in playoffs with a live audience making a whole bunch of noise uh, and influencing the atmosphere. And I think some players will probably do exceptionally well because they'll get hyped on that, but I think other players will probably choke, uh, especially when the crowd is chanting TSM and TSM isn't even playing. <laughs> uh, how do you know they won't be playing? Um Okay. Well, I mean, like the yeah, yeah. the historic nostalgia for like people pre twenty twenty was that like like I was I got to go see Worlds live in, in twenty fourteen and we chanted TSM and everyone chanted TSM even after TSM was out of quarterfinals. So like, I like think the crowd chanting that is is just well, immense. The the point that Travis was making was more that technically TSM can still make playoffs. Uh, I believe that was his joke. But yeah, I would say even joke. I expect the TSM chance to go even harder if they miss playoffs. Right. I think. I could see the the, the crowds unironic or ironically wanting to chant TSM after years of not being able to chant it, and they're not even there. So, yeah. no matter what, there'll be lots of TSM chants. Um. Okay, so this is a great take. I really like this because we've done we talked in the past about how there are players that haven't played in front of audiences. What Fudge is one of them, right? He's played like in front of audiences before. I just don't think since Has he's he? come to NA. Oh. Yeah, he played it in in like Osh, and then I think Worlds might have had an audience because he he was going to a couple Worlds, I think. Uh, I have to double the, check. The last Worlds in China was really quiet, though they weren't allowed to do much more than like subdued sounds, and they weren't allowed to show favoritism because no one was allowed to come in unless they were in China because of COVID stuff, right? Yeah, yeah but he he made Worlds with his Osh team, I thought. I could but that would have been twenty twenty, Mark, right? No, that'd be 2019, because he was on Academy in 2020. Okay. So I'll, I'll double check. I, I, I could be wrong. I could, no, but no, he's definitely played in front of an audience before, but it's been Emp a while. Empire I mean, says he was at 2019 World's Plans. Okay. Oh, yeah, I thought so. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of all the players who, ha who are on the top teams who haven't played in front of well, audiences because there's some i think while you think about that i'll take it a step further and even people who have played in front of audiences before you know even if it is like riding a bike and you'll get used to it again like even when you haven't ridden a bike in a while there's still like a little bit of a learning curve you know yeah like i, I bet even players that are veterans are gonna be like oh shit people are like i can see faces and like things are just weird yeah, yeah, and no, no matter what, you can hear. You know, no matter how good your headset is, you can hear that sound through it. I mean, you can hear it in in your own house, and then imagine, you know, a, a large crowd of people screaming and yelling. Like it, it, it makes you anxious, regardless of who you are. I think to a certain sense, some people will thrive on that. Like I'm not even live in front of you guys, and I feel a little bit of anxiety being in a live stream thing. Yeah. So Mark I can is only very imagine how the players so that's, will feel. That's that makes sense. Um, no, well, I. I was just going to say, I, I like this a lot. I'm curious, Mark, if you had to guess who would be like, I think team liquid might be the team that best benefits from the audience because all those guys have played in front of audiences before and have been really used to it. And yes, I know maybe it's like, Oh, they're bringing it back. But like those guys are all such long veterans that I'm sure that they're going to be like, yes, we're powered up. 
I feel like the crowd will not be. I, so here's the thing: we're talking about like crowd nerfing people. Crowds can also buff people. Like, uh, Dom, that's what I mean. I think Team Liquid will get buffed by. Oh, like I was that. gonna say I think Team Liquid's like flat neutral. Like, like uh, I don't see Core JJ getting amped and being like, "Dude, I'm now gonna make this insane flash play. Like, I'm just gonna go fucking go for it." Like, Core would have gone for it anyways, and Bjerg wasn't gonna go for it anyways. And like, I don't know Hans that well, but he seems pretty even keeled. He's played in a lot of audiences as well. Like, I don't think. Other than Bwipo maybe getting a little extra crazy, like I don't see Santorin getting a little extra crazy. Um, they just seem like a very even keeled team. I think Hundred Thieves strikes me a lot the same way. Like I don't see someday getting extra hyphy. Maybe Closer. I can see Closer thriving off a of, off a of, of, I can't speak off of a crowd. Abba, I don't. I you know like you're, you're kind of just reading personality here, and it's like a fucking yeah. Myers Brig astrology test. <laughs> Uh, you know, who astrology? really fucking knows what I'm talking about? Really? Myers-Briggs is astrology, dude. It's the same shit. Yeah, you like sitting indoors. Well, let me tell you about your success rate on these random exams. Um, either way, I before mean, we get down that rabbit hole. I'm a campaigner. Uh, <laughs> even if it doesn't affect them in the moment, when, when, uh, when the team that wins gets to take a bow in front of an audience that is making a ridiculous ruckus for them i think that that plays into the spirits going into the rest of the uh the playoffs and then also in other live events at worlds and whatnot like you get hyped when the audience is cheering for you at the end of it you did well and you you feel even better than when it's just silent after the fact yeah i mean i'm with you 100 i think crowds will affect how people perform i think some teams will choke i think some teams will will get hyphy like I could see EG going either way. I could see Cloud Nine going either way. I assume that they're like Cloud Nine seems like a pretty hyphy team already. I could see them getting like going extra hyphy or like getting scared and then their playstyle gets more reserved. Like I, I could see those two teams getting heavily affected by it. Dig and FlyQuest, I could see clamming up a little bit. I think Afro's chill. Like he's not going to get affected by it. Maybe for Dig, there's less of a vocal leader on that team. Um, TL Hundred Thieves, I think they'll be okay. But I think it is something they'll be interesting to track on player camps when when crowds are back like i will be fucking glued to watching how players look uh i mean i i think i just agree with or i just in general agree with this take so it's hard to talk mm -hmm. about even though i really like the call it's hard to kind of like go deeper than that i do really wonder i'm also kind of curious how this affects the broadcast because i wonder if it's just going to make the broadcast feel so much better. I mean, Phil, I did not know this, but Phil had mentioned last week something that I thought was interesting, which was like when the audiences were, even when they went back into the arenas and they had no audience, I guess viewership for traditional sports like NBA or whatever was really down. And then they brought audience back and like suddenly they had really great viewership. So I'm really hoping that the viewership upticks for having an audience. I, I just, it's fun to think about all the different ways in which an audience will will impact uh, the league again. I'm going to do everything I can to push us to do things to hype the crowd in the pre-show for the first, like, playoff matches. You know what's so crazy, though? You guys don't hear it. We don't. The casters. But we do. The casters do. They say, like, it might not come through their headsets, but you can fucking hear it. Yeah. Because there's, there's been times where, like, people have shouted things out and, like, a Kobe has laughed or something, yes, you know? Yes. like They hear so, that. But I just, it's funny because you'll hype the crowd, but then the analyst desk hears none of it, which I think is always kind of. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I was going to say, like, I don't know what the COVID restrictions are, so this could get shot in the face, but like, we have done countdowns before in front of the live audience. I would love for us to do. Oh, you're talking about in Houston. 
Well, isn't the audience back for playoffs as well? Yeah, yeah, but you guys have balls? never done countdown in front of the audience yes, in the we studio, have. right? Yes, we have a bunch of times. You ever watched our show, huh? Thanks for outing yourself. When, when was this? Judas. No, you guys, I, I just re- I constantly remember you guys sitting in the back studio space. Uh, we did the, it, dude. You don't remember Hi yelling at me when I said that Golden Guardians was gonna get slammed in playoffs, and he like flipped me off and was like "fuck you guys" kind of thing. Like your analysis sucks. It was like 20, 2018 or whatever, and like twenty nineteen, we did it at points. Like we we used to do the odd. It wasn't frequent, but there would be times where we would do specific segments in front of the audience. We had like a whole guessing game. Remember we did things where like I we did like the the suitcase thing, you know? Like we've done a lot of game shows in front of the audience. I, there was I, a lot of cool audience. I honestly don't. I watched the LCS, so to be clear, and I, I watched the analyst. Bro, bro. I will be at to be here. I have been physically. There's evidence of me being at the fucking but physical you studio. Walk in. You, all right, let's be honest, Travis. You come strolling in at like halfway through game one. You don't give a fuck what we're doing in the pre-show. You show up halfway through game one, and you figure out who your interview is going to be. You ain't, you ain't watching the Sometimes, but not always. And by the way, to be clear, I'm watching the game at home, and then I just come in because I live five minutes from the studio. But We but have I, done segments in front of the crowds before. I want to do one and just, like, juice the crowd. Like, I want us throwing shit into the crowd. I don't know what we're allowed to do. I, I don't know. Like, a lot of these ideas are probably not going to work. But, like, I want to do I'm whatever we can. I'm honestly excited to see some of the signs. Yeah, like I want to do whatever I can to get the crowd batshit. So when the casters start, you can hear people just being crazy. Like, let's get drugs and pump them through the vents so people go crazy. Okay. You hey, Spotrick. Uh, thank you so much for the call. What do you think you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Absolutely. I, I would love to shout out Alienware as your sponsor. The only pre built PC I've ever owned was an Alienware. It was fantastic. It still works. I'll shout out Grubhub. Uh, for also supporting you and uh, the third person you mentioned at the beginning whose name now escapes me I bullshit, apologize bullshit. I'd also like to shout out uh, the Mark Z for your excellent extra content that you're doing this year I know it sucks not to be on the desk as much but I think everything you've been putting forward so far has been fantastic and that your takes when you're on the desk are very concise and on point and I appreciate it I appreciate you Thank hey Spotrick quick question I've been trying to pitch Mark on this idea for the show <laughs> where he explains kind of the advanced concepts of League oh, of Legends that you. they reference sometimes, but there's not. And he keeps, like, he's face public right now because he's just like, I don't want to do this. But would no, you be you interested fucker. in a world where he, like, does videos basically breaking down ex- advanced concepts of the way things play out in the game? But, like, specifically bite-sized, like, maybe, like, two to three minutes so they could live on socials as well? Absolutely. I, I enjoy all of this kind of content. I enjoy this content. I watch the dive. I listen to... Um... Uh, JLXP when it was and then when it wasn't and then when it came back again. So Thank one of my you, other yes. takes was about how important the caster community and the press audience is for events and not having them there live is is, is a travesty. So if COVID ends and you guys don't show, show up. Oh, um, sorry. I apologize. No, no, it's okay. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for proving my point right. Uh, Mark, you should definitely do it. And Sorry, even Mark. Twitch chat seemed to like the idea of it. So, Spotrick, thank you so much for the call, and we will catch you next time. Thank you. For anyone right. curious why Travis said that, on my stream today, I 
brought this up to him when he was in chat saying, hey, I've been thinking about like, I've been using a lot of like terms recently and just assume people understand them. But like, I don't think they do really about why, for example, a team does point defense and what all the benefits of a point defense is and how to properly play through a point defense. Uh, and then Travis has now made it seem like it's his idea. Um, I just think you should do like, I. it's very confusing to me when people are talking about blue side, red side, and uh, draft priority, and all these this types just of shows length, how disconnected we are. I don't even know what you're swap. asking me about. What what the hell is a, a turret shield? What are those things called? Pl- uh, plate? Oh, turret plates. plate? Yeah, yeah. What we we got to break these things down, Mark, because none of us understand what mechanics? you're talking about. You these guys are sew game this stuff mechanics out. That you can go on the wiki page and figure out. I'm what talking the- about. What the heck is a is a Shelly? All right, I've been lo- looking hell? all over this this map. Does it look like I know what a JPEG is? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm ki- I'm fucking kidding, people. Jesus, I thought that by leading with blue side, red side, that people would understand that I was making a joke. Um, okay, can't can't use sarcasm. We're no Mark. He keeps. Stop leaving. I keep trying to do the ad. Oh, I don't know. I, t- I did it after the last. I tried to do it after the last one that you left anyway. Just had to drag your ass back into the channel. <laughs> You're okay. cracking jokes. Start cracking reads. Hello, everyone. <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by Full Sail University. So next week, I think we should be able to have a. Uh, a little mini vlog that I will air on the show. It's about 60 to 90 seconds long about my experience going to Full Sail University. But a couple weeks ago, probably three or four weeks ago, I got reached out to by Full Sail to go check out something that's called Hall of Fame Week, which is a big festival that they have on campus. Uh, And so I flew to Orlando, Florida, and basically it's a place where they uh, induct very notable people that have gone off to do cool things from Full Sail University. And I'd never been, I'd heard about it before, but I learned about a bunch of really cool stuff. One, they have an awesome esports program and they've built an esports arena that has actually hosted tournaments and stuff like that on campus. Uh, and their full sale program, their esports program is called Armada. So you can look up full sale Armada if you want to go take a look at this um, and take a look at their arena. Uh, they have a bunch of people that have attended that university and gone off to work at, at places like Riot that have become Oscar winners and Emmy winners and all these different things have gone off and made crazy cool games. And there's basically like an entire uh, big room that you can go into to go check out like all these things that people have uh, donated to the school or these notable folks that have gone off to do really cool things. And so it was just kind of a cool situation where I was unaware admittedly of how much cool stuff Full Sail University has done before. So, look, I'm not saying uh, quit your day job and go go um, uh, <laughs> sign up for Full Sail University. I'm just saying, like, if you are thinking about doing something like this, or if you're looking at universities, or you want to go uh, become part of a program where you can learn how to design stuff, or film, do film, or game design, or music or any of these different stuff, go take a look at Full Sail because it's really impressive the amount of stuff that they have there and the cool stuff um, that is at the university and the folks that have attended there. So go check it out. 
do your research, but I really enjoyed my couple of days there. And so thanks Full Sail for inviting me out. I'll have some cool stuff from my time there um, on next week's episode. Mark, you want to go grab the last caller? Sure. Um, yeah, I've seen some folks talk about uh, the for-profit university stuff. I am not a expert on the university stuff, so people should go like Hello. investigate whatever they want to. Sorry, I'm responding to something. Uh, <laughs> investigate this stuff before they they want to, but like Harvard is also for profit university. So like uh, saying that something is just for profit, I don't think is a as a a blanket statement about about universities. Uh, Pony is here. Pony, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. Wisconsin. In... What do you want to talk about on the show? All right. So you have all these teams in the LCS, all these middle of the pack ones. And you ask yourself, what sets apart, you know, your golden guardians from, you know, your Dignitas and like, and from Catalogic Gaming and from, you know, Immortals and TSM besides, you know, how good their score is right now or how good they're playing on a specific week or on a specific day. Like really what set these teams apart? Like not much, maybe a couple players, whatever. So if these teams want to build up a fan base, they want to potentially win, they want to maybe get to Worlds, they maybe want to do something at Worlds, right? You're not just going to do any of this by playing the exact same champs as everybody else, where the only difference is how you're feeling on that day and the actual quality of your players. Because, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, okay, I'm just going to pick the exact same champs that C9 and TL are picking, except that our players are just not as good? Are you going to be like, okay, now we're at Worlds because we got lucky at a couple of best of fives? In playoffs and like now we're up against international teams picking the exact same champs that they're picking and we're going to expect to do anything other than losing groups right i mean it's like it's just not going to do anything so if you want to build a fan base you want to build an identity you want to potentially do something it's easy you just pick new champions and if you go 0 and 18 you know you pick you go 0 and 18 picking enchanters mid and people laugh and people have fun and people do know they who you laugh are. and have fun this is kind of where I'm break. I think this stuff is breaking down. I think people like it when folks pick unconventional champions and win with them. I don't think people like it when, like, Whipple got a lot of flame for picking Shivana. Uh, and I, that's Team Liquid, and Shivana, I guess, was not even that weird of a pick. Based on I also think that stuff. I, I think that there's a slight difference in that, like, top teams have more to lose. But I think if you're not going to be in the top anyway. Just play all the zany shit. Mark, you were going to say? Uh, I'll let the caller finish before I, I go on my little spiel. No, you can go. All right, uh, you, got, you got anything else before I I, I go in? I, feel, I, I, could, I could go on for like an hour, but I think I've said enough of an introduction that you can get a okay. response out. So a couple of things. One, there's like a inverse relationship to like how much you want to experiment and how good you are. Um, funnily enough, it's kind of actually de-incentivized to try and experiment with new picks when you're often struggling with the fundamentals of the game. I just watched on the blame game, I was doing a VOD review, Immortals have some of the most hideous map movements and vision control I've seen this year. And you're in week seven, you know? Mm -hmm. You gotta learn that stuff. You'll never be a good team if you don't learn that stuff. And so in scrims, do I wanna practice like some jank ass counter pick? Or if I'm a team, do I wanna work on like the fundamental issues our team is having? And those two things are really hard to work on at the same time. You kind of have to target what you want to work on. And so I think a lot of teams that are struggling want to work on the things that are costing them games because they're probably not losing because of draft. 
necessarily. They might be losing because of draft, but like getting a, a whack comp isn't going to win you the game. And I think from an entertainment perspective, you can make the case that like, well, fans would enjoy watching that more. But for for players, that's often not what they're trying to do. They're trying to win the game. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, I agree. Um, but like, as an example, you can't say that it's easier to practice macro movements on Jason Nar than it is on like Malphite or Scion or well, sure, just other things. Yeah, but I, I mean, and even what I'm talking about doing things which are outside of the meta, like even just the Malphite counterpick into heavy AD comps is something which teams aren't doing. Yeah, I mean, some teams aren't doing it. Some teams are, but I, I think like, yeah, fair enough. If you want teams to take better risks in draft, okay. But that's not like, you, you're making it sound from how you're talking about it. I mean, you know, like go 0-18, pick, pick crazy shit, like try and try and make a move, you know, like I, but I mean, if you're just talking about like uh, pick a, a a good counter pick when it makes sense, like yeah, sure, I'm down with that. But that's not really crazy. No one's gonna be like, holy fuck, they picked Malphite. <laughs> I'm a fan of Immortals now. I mean, yeah, if they do that just one game, then it's not a thing, which is true. And like there are certain champs which have been on the fringe of like this specific meta, like you know your Karthus or your Irelia, which have only been picked a couple games, which are like really hard mechanical champions, right? And like other things which like radically have to change how you play the game. But like, for example, if rather than just Pride Stalker occasionally picking, you know, a Zed, right? If actually his team could work around that with more supportive picks and such and turn it into an identity rather a team identity rather than a player identity, and turn it into just this one player has a couple gimmick picks into this entire team can do a gimmick style. And, like, FlyQuest did a little bit of this, of this at the beginning with, like, heavy smite top stuff. And, like, they, and, like, that, when that strategy was nerfed, which really hurt them. But, like, they got recognition and they got fans, I think. Uh, people knew who they were. Yeah, I mean, I agree because they were winning, too, to Travis's point. Like, no one likes watching, you know, some team just, like, turbo int their games on weird shit. <laughs> um and, you know, FlyQuest stopped doing that strat for a reason because it got nerfed and, you know, whatever. But um, a couple of things on that point. One, you kind of sidestepped the issue that I said about working on fundamentals and just reframed it and said teams should just do it anyways. Uh, you didn't really address it. Two, the other thing okay. you're asking there when you're saying you want a single player's play style to influence your entire team's play style. The problem with that is that these players are not like, oh, you just have this one thing and everyone can coalesce around it correctly. Like people have different strengths and weaknesses. And when you ask your team to all in on a fucking like cheese identity, which is what you're kind of asking, that can seriously hurt their career because when this split is over and you're looking for a new team and you know, you played Ivern mid for the last year, that doesn't look good. People probably don't want to actually handle that like you're you're kind of inting your career if you agree to just go 0 18 let's not even do that hyperball you go 6 and 12 playing ivern mid and you don't look good you think you get yeah, a team but... next year to support your your you know jungler yeah. who like was okay on assassins okay but like here's my follow-up if we're talking about the log term this also ties to some other things which i have issues with but like you know you're talking about immortals having like really bad map movements and vision right? Yep. And players working on their fundamentals instead of other things, right? Like, 
Power of Evil's on that team, right? Like, how how long has he had to work on this stuff, right? Like, I mean, and, and, and it's not I'm not specifically calling him out, but it's like you know, some players, like like I think I think you, I don't know what teams internals looks like, but from what I've seen, from what I could view in the game, maybe they can't translate what they practice into the game properly, which is unfortunate. But like from what I see in the game, it it just doesn't. Like you're saying, like teams are trying to practice this stuff, but I feel like whatever they try to practice, it doesn't stick around year to year. Like, 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 are these players? Yeah. Well, because the game is interconnected. No matter who you are, you have to rebuild that from some level with your team. Uh, so, no matter what, every team, when you make these changes, has to rebuild how they play the game. The difference is, as as you talked about skill levels, like. Some teams are naturally better out the gate uh, and they'll be beating those teams, but they'll be working on fundamentals the whole split. Like people will be talking about, oh, well, with this timing window, I actually shouldn't have done this. I should have done that. And you start getting into like the actual high level strategy of the game. Like, you know, they're, they're called fundamentals, but it's, it's, it's not like a basic thing that you can't, you, you just like master one time and there you go. You know how to like, like teams still practice fucking pick and rolls in basketball. You know, like people don't just stop yeah. practicing that the stuff. You know, you have to you have to play that stuff. You have to okay. be able to, to. And I don't. And again, it's like I don't disagree with you. It's just like I really think it's really futile for a team like Immortals or CLG or one of these teams to pick the exact same champions as like C9 and Team Liquid. And I feel like even if even if you say they have to use the same champions over and over again to practice their function to practice their fundamentals and like you just pick a different set of 10 champions that every that then everybody else is playing right Mar and Mark, maybe it doesn't this... have to be it doesn't Sorry. have to be support mid it just it does it could be like similar to actually how team comps normally work just different champions isn't this kind of at the, least try to set yourself apart the ls argument of it's good like c9 should learn to play unconventional champions or play the game a little differently because they might not be able to just like sheer mechanically beat T1, you know, at MSI or something. But if they have these like other ways of playing the game, then they have a better chance. It's a similar argument. I think it like you can make it work here. I think the way the caller approached it, how I interpret it was more about like, hey, you don't have a chance anyway. So just like be entertaining. <laughs> And maybe you can steal yeah, yeah. some wins, it's fair, it's fair. which That's is fair. which is a different take than like, hey, at some point you're not going to be able to win with this strategy, so work on other ones. And it, it's it's similar, but I think the motivation matters. Um, but to to what the caller was saying right before this, like some things are just like better in the meta. You're saying like you can play the same playstyle, but don't pick the same champs. Like, what do you want someone to pick as a control mage that's not Victor or Ori or Corky or Rise? or Azir or Syndra, like these champions have literally been the control mages when control mages are meta since they've been released. You know, like those control mages are always meta and they're there because they do things better in the game than the alternatives. Um, I mean, that's the general understood thing. And honestly, I'm just not good enough to be able to give you an example of a champion you should play instead. I am not willing that's to. That's my point. Is like, it's not like you get anything by playing a worse control mage than these things. Like, if you want to play... I mean, I mean, I mean, I, mean I, can't, I can't tell you something which you would get better. But that doesn't mean the champion doesn't exist. Sure. I, I, think I mean, that... 
So so people are giving some examples in Twitch chat. Cassiopeia, Malzahar. Anivia, you could put in uh, Karma mid, for example, if you wanted a supportive mid laner. But mm -hmm. all these things have different strengths and weaknesses, and you start doing different things. Like a Malzahar is a pick champ. And what you need to learn with Malzahar is how to get mid prio and go roam and make plays with it, which is, again, a fundamental thing you need to learn. There's doesn't matter if it's that or Rise or... Uh, um, Galio or like some other things that have a, a mid pick priority kind of play pattern. The specifics might change exactly where Rise can realm warp from or TF or whatever. Like those those things are all different. But the identity, the core the core fundamentals that you're learning. This is why it's important to learn fundamentals. Is how to properly get prio mid, get vision control, move around the map with your team, coordinate timing windows, and and make plays. And you can't just cheese learning that with like a slightly different pick. You might be able to cheese a matchup. You might be able to cheese some games. If you want to make your whole identity being weird, you can do it. But my point is like, it doesn't actually benefit you in any sense. It might benefit the fans, I mean, but it, it kind doesn't benefit of, you. The, the only thing I can kind of think of that's similar to this was last year when everybody was freaking out about Dardock picking unique junglers every, every game. And like, that was kind of a fun novelty. But I don't know. Maybe it's weird because then Dardock, uh, Dardock got Dardock. The, the experiment didn't reach its natural conclusion. Yeah, yes, yeah. But it's just it's uh, tough. It's tough because I think I do think that that stuff is novel, but I don't think it is like brand building or fan building. You know, like a team that's trying to pick weird stuff isn't just in the losing. Last place, place will yeah. probably get more attention. But will probably not really build much of like a fandom for themselves that way, I don't think. Yeah, but like, I mean, I agree, but the alternative is you just pick the same things that you lose. Yeah, but I feel like you're not giving some teams that's a credit. false like, dichotomy. That, it's not like I mean, it's that implies that every like these bottom teams go in and they're like, well, guys, we've got two options today. We lose with the right picks or we lose with the with unusual <laughs> picks. Which yeah. should we pick? Like, these guys are not. Okay. You, in so, order for your premise to, to work, these teams must be like super self-defeatist and basically so, be like, yeah, we're losing like, today, for, guys. To, to give you some tangible examples that Travis is highlighting here, Dignitas beat 100 Thieves in lock-in tournament playing normal. They didn't cheese, you know? Like, do you think that Dignitas shouldn't have taken that chance and just like picked weird shit? Or like Golden Guardians, this team that you're talking about having a unique jungle playstyle, the whole team should warp around it. They're seven and eight. It could play a good last week and actually break into playoffs. Golden Guardians could be the fourth best team in the league, potentially. Do you want them to just, like, not work on their fundamentals to do, like, weird shit and be like, eh, we could get fourth or we could get eighth and look cool? You know, like, these are the, the kinds of questions. I mean, like, I think... the, I mean, what's the goal for Golden Guardians? Is the goal to get fourth, go to playoffs, try to beat C9 and TL in the finals if they Dude. manage to get there? Yes, yeah, they <laughs> would love that. Are you kidding me? With their if budget, Golden Guardians makes it to finals and loses zero three to TSM or sorry to Cloud Nine or Team Liquid. Like that team is fucking ecstatic. Like everybody associated with the organization is super ecstatic, and I can tell you, okay. they're far more ecstatic than like if a Blaze Olive was playing like Anivia mid and they were getting sixth place. In Ask. The Ask FBI okay. how it felt when they beat TSM in upper bracket. You know, sure they lost and didn't make worlds, but like for that brief period of time, everything was about Golden Guardians, FBI, and the upset. And oh my God. It's like the players play to win. They're competitive. They don't want to just like be like, eh, we don't have a chance. Let's do something weird, you know, for the whole split. I mean, I think you're also doing 
a bit of a false dichotomy because like you are too because i think that i said you should be willing to go 0 and 18 but i don't think you will right like like i don't think it has to be that you have to play weird picks which aren't meta maybe change up your style and then suddenly you just automatically lose you might lower your win percentage a bit but then also sometimes you'll increase your win percentage I mean, I, I well, I'm that, telling you that's not how you, practice works. And, and I, I, think I told you that's not how improvement works. And you just, again, glossed over that point. So, like you can go against my and most people's perspective who have worked in the scene. I'm telling you, most people are not going to want to practice weird shit that is not meta to try and find some wins that surprise people as a better long-term option than trying to actually improve on the things that your team is struggling with. Because like I said, you it is a limit, like it is not a zero, like it's a zero sum game. You have a limited amount of time. There's only certain things you can be targeting in practice. What are you trying to work? work I mean, I do, I do sort of fundamentally believe that if you can play five champions at a seven out of 10 versus you can play one champion at a nine out of 10, like increasing the five champions to an eight out of 10 and then the is better than increasing the one champion to a 10 out of 10, right? Like playing a plethora of champions and a plethora of play styles will improve your fundamentals. Hey, so I Tony, think that... unfortunately we are over time uh, for for the show. So we can't, we can't, uh, and I do think we're, we're starting yeah. to get to the point where we're going in circles, but. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, and I'm also not as experienced as you, so I might have a very naive outlook on it, but. No, that's okay. You're as experienced as I am, but Mark might be more experienced than <laughs> uh, Just kidding. Okay. Pony, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Um, totally off topic, but just because I feel this person doesn't get shouted out enough on like Reddit and such, I think Dash is super charismatic on the desk and such, and he's a great host. So, Big awesome. agree. Shout out to Dash. Thanks so much, Pony, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Yep. Talk to you then. Uh, Kyo Kyo says, LS disproved that argument by week two, Mark Z, dot, dot, dot. Really, the argument that doing this long-term is not more successful was disproven in week two? Interesting. Very interesting. Um, very interesting. Also, uh, the team has gotten a lot better, it seems like, just by doing what they were practicing instead. They're, they're top of the league now. They were, they were always winning. Mark, Maybe the they players fucking are just lost to TSM. Cloud9 are a bunch of losers, all right? Give me a break. Yeah. Listen, Mark, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. talk about sample sizes here. Uh, all right. I'm telling you, even if that's that theory that was correct, you wouldn't see the benefits of it in two weeks. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's wind this down. Actually, I want to give a shout out. We didn't talk about. We didn't talk. Mark, we didn't have a fucking TSM caller. Did we not? Wow, they go two zero, and we just fucking slight them. I, only, I we we hate them, of course. I wanted to say this uh, earlier, but uh, I just want to give a shout out to Tactical because that dude I think has been the center of just a lot of animosity throughout the past I don't know couple months, especially with like the Shenny stuff where he was sort of shit talking him and all this stuff and. Uh, He's gone through a lot, and I think this week, from what I understand, like they they took that break where they weren't playing. I think it's in Legends um, where people were talking about it, where they had to take a break just because of mental issues. And Tactical goes out before the C9 game, tweets and tags all the C9 players, and is <laughs> like, I'm going to stop on these guys. And then over the next two games, the team goes 2-0, 
and he gets player of the week. It's insane and awesome to me that he got player of the week. And I'm really, really am happy for it. I'm not, to be clear, I'm not friends with tactical. Like I, I, we've talked or whatever, but I've not, he's not like my pal or something, but I've just been sort of sitting on the sidelines and I know he's an emotional player. He's still a very young guy who, um, who has, who ended up getting pushed off the team that he'd been on uh, for team liquid ending up on TSM, which is like a disaster and has just been taking a ton of heat. And the fact that he rallied in week seven and just really put on a show and uh, did so with a lot of confidence. I think that dude definitely deserves a shout out and I hope people recognize it. So I'm very, very big fan of what happened this past week. Uh, Mark, what do you want to shout out? Uh, uh, yeah yep that's it shout out shout out resin refresh shout out our genshin channel which now is a pull video up we're gonna be putting more on there yeah i'll be streaming tomorrow in the morning before we do our resin refresh nice anything you want to shout out travis i just did Okay. No, um, I'll be – actually, I'll just tease this because I don't know how many people are watching the very last couple minutes of the show. Um, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I oh, have fuck. Oh, shit. done oh, fuck. a series of interviews over the past mm, four months, I want to say, with the creators of Arcane, uh, the sound folks, the casting director – uh sarah who basically did like all the crazy collaborations and stuff and so i know it's a little late uh it's been several months but i'm going to be dropping in the near future as in within the next 30 days or so a series of really cool long form interviews basically talking to a bunch of the folks that made all this arcane stuff happen uh including the creators alex and christian so i'm very looking very much looking forward to that uh, Mark, before I did the interview with them last week or two weeks ago, I think Alex was like telling me, yeah, I'm halfway through the second video that you and Mark did. Oh uh, no. Reviewing it. And I was like, Oh no, I can't remember what we said in it. And also we did that very casually. So I felt bad that he was going in and watching that. I'm like, Oh, oh no, God. I know, I know, I know. But I was, he said that right at the, like right before I started doing the interview with them. And I was just like, Oh, um, uh, did he say anything interesting about it? No, I didn't. We didn't have time. I was just, you know, we, they had a very limited time and I wanted to take as much as, of their time as I could to, to do the interview. But yeah, I was thinking back to like the point where in the first couple episodes I got Silco. I, I, one of my fe feedback was like, yeah, I couldn't tell if like Silco was Victor or whatever, because in the first episode, they, and obviously now that stuff seems very goofy, but anyway, should be pretty cool. So, cool. um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully people will enjoy that. But I think the, the content is really cool, so I'm looking forward to releasing that. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but this has been Hotline League. We record these Monday nights, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, check because there's been a time zone change or daylight saving time stuff in, in the U.S. So if you live internationally, it goes up on YouTube. And also it's available on podcast platforms such as Spotify. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. 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 Supposedly with Steve. I said this before, but supposedly with Steve.